I'm liking this. The Film Podcast! <laughs> There's a reason that was a bestseller, you know? That, that was an actual hit on the radio when it came out. No, like, the, the Mortal Kombat album, I actually did some research into this. It released a year before the movie came out because it was actually supposed to accompany the games. Oh. But... But Techno Syndrome, which is the actual name of that track, um, ended up being uh, carried over into the movie soundtrack. That's sick. Which is which would explain why so many of the arcade games voice clips are in these songs and nothing else. Mm. Yeah, it's it's still you know what I'm gonna say. It still holds up. If if I went to a club and they're playing this, I'd be like, yeah, I like this. No, dude, that album went platinum. (laughs) Oh wait, no, no, no. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, sorry. That was actual motion picture. Yeah, uh, yeah, soundtrack, which is a completely separate album. I'm sorry. S- still, sick. so so yeah, that yeah. song gets to say that it was on a platinum yeah. selling album. For yeah, sure. it was that song, and then Chinese Ninja Warrior that sold. Uh, well, that, that was part that of Mortal Kombat the album, which is uh, also where um, Techno Syndrome originated from. Yes, yes, yes. Well, today we're talking about video game adaptations. Dan, thanks for joining us. We're getting into the thick of it, and we haven't even introduced you. That's awesome. <laughs> just, just start off fucking running, dude. It's the damn song that got us pumped up. I, I take no offense. I'll gladly defer to that song anytime. You know, you know, we used to unironically play that song out loud in the dorms. Oh that, yeah, along with along with its compatriots from the same album, yeah, um, Johnny Cage, Not Afraid to Die, or Sub Zero, Chinese Ninja Warrior. Yeah, Th- those are the standouts, really. With the heart so cold, Sub Zero, your life, your is, life a is a mystery. Why, Why do you wear, wear the mask? mask? <laughs> <laughs> In case you didn't know, we're very into video games and Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yes. Uh, full disclosure here: uh, Mortal Kombat ranks very, very high on my own list. So yeah, of course. Yeah. But before we get into the list, let's talk about any movies that you've seen. In the last few weeks, anything you want to recommend? Something you rediscovered or just watched for the first time? I will, I will say, okay, in the times I haven't been watching stuff, uh, we, Dan and I actually, and some of our friends have actually been playing D&D. So that's actually what we've been doing a lot with that's our true. spare time. Uh, we've been playing Dungeons. It's actually oh. our, our very first campaign, Marvin and I. First time? Really? Yeah, first time I've, we ever I've played. never done it either. I wasn't quite sure what to expect. Like, you know, D&D looks fun. And, you know, there's lots of like RPGs and stuff that are clearly based mm-hmm. on D&D. And you're like, oh, this is probably going to be fun. But you wonder what it really is, right? Because when you start playing, you're like, this is a lot of work. There's a lot of shit you got to do. There's a lot to learn. There's a lot to yeah. learn. Uh, but there's two things that really, really made it really simple. One is a website called D&D Beyond, where you can kind of just create a character using an online template. And even though not everything is available to you right away, it really helps with the basics. So yeah, you can it just gets you like- started. It gets it kind of thrusts you into the system so that you don't get too bogged down. And the main thing about Dungeons and Dragons for anyone who's curious about starting to play is that um, the point of the, the the entire point of the whole affair is to tell a story. D and D makes sense immediately when you realize it's just improv. It's, it's just, just you and a bunch improv. of friends just doing a bunch of improv together. Nerdy who's line. And Drew Carey is the one who is saying, there is now a gate in front of you. How do you open it? Or now there's four goblins. What do you do? And yeah. you, you can do anything almost. Th- this is also a movie, right? They made a movie based off. Of <laughs> they, did. Yeah. they did. They did. With uh, what's that guy? Jeremy Irons. Yes. Jeremy Irons. Yeah. Scar who himself. Get- 
who is the only one who in that movie who realizes this is all a joke and <laughs> just just hams it up i feel like we're 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 gonna be talking talking a lot about this about people and tone of movies and <laughs> it, it's an ongoing theme all right so you guys are playing dungeons and dragons any movies you guys have seen though i recently rewatched um into the spider-verse everyone's heard about how great it is and i'm no different i love that movie it's awesome <laughs> best marvel movie ever made <laughs> By Sony. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 By, by Sony, definitely. It's like, like from a story perspective, it's, it's fantastic. Right. But then yeah, like yeah. on all, all other fronts, from an animated perspective, it's like technically amazing. It's true. Um, yeah. Artistically, yeah. it's gorgeous. The music is fucking awesome. Uh, like even, I don't even like, like, I don't even like that song by, um, the Sway Lee the face, and, and the face tech guy. Yeah. Face face tack guy exactly. Uh, uh, I'm trying to like, blank here. Post Malone. Post yeah, Malone. Post Malone. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah. yeah, like I'm not a fan of Post Malone, and I'm not a big fan of that song. But I'm like, in the context of that movie, it works completely fine. You know, it's got the the Lord Miller humor throughout it, but it also has the Lord Miller really great writing. Like uh, Marcel talked about that with this last week about um, with Cloudy with the Chance of Meatballs, right? And it's like mm. you can see where the writing only improved from there. Like, you know, it makes you like, I, I, I want them to just get a project where they're allowed to do anything, you know, <laughs> they're so good at it. Since we're talking about them, what did you, what do you think went wrong with Solo? You think that it was too funny and they're like, nah, we got to fire these guys. I bet you what it is, is that when they, when they're making a movie, the actual process seems like a gigantic risk. So I, I think yeah. like, for example, like when you're looking at Spider-Verse, right? Let's you're telling you're telling the studio, hey, some of these shots are only going to be in two and twos. And you're like basically 12 frames per second. And they're going to be like, what the fuck? Why would you make the movie look that way? Right. And it, and they're like, trust me, it'll look cool, but you won't know until it's done. Right. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. I bet you a similar thing happened with Solo. And the problem is that the people who run Star Wars, they're very jumpy. Like they'll be like yeah. a movie's like halfway done and they're like, oh, I don't know, reshoot the whole thing. You know, like, you know, like yeah. they they just don't have confidence in their own product. I think that's probably why Mandalorian did so well is that like John Favreau was just left alone, like just yeah. make it, you know, yeah, and it's I like the story team as they've built it is very skittish. Like they don't have like uh, a Kevin Feige who's just like, don't just say that. Just just listen to what I'm saying. Yeah, I have a plan for 10 years. Yeah. And there's going to be bumps like it won't be a perfect road. We're going to get a few Doctor Stranges along the way. Yeah. But overall, it'll be good if you just stay the course. Whereas Star Wars has no course. Every movie is a reaction to the movie before it. And that's the problem. It's like a bad, exquisite corpse where it's just like you hand it off to the next artist and they only see the little bits at the end of the last movie where they worked on. It, and they're like, I guess we should do it this way. And, you know, it's just. Is not nothing meshes. It's awful. It does seem like that. No one's watching like Rebels. No one's watching Clone Wars. Yeah, they're allowed to thrive in their yeah. own world, and and it's. I don't think it's a coincidence that those are considered the best parts of the current canon, right? Like, yeah, right. Yeah, and and yeah. those are also places where little pockets where they're able to carve out their own little continuity as well. I rewatched uh, Doctor Strange and Thor. Oh no! <laughs> you know nice. what? I like Doctor Strange. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I like I, it. It's, it's, it's so it's, weird. I don't think you know, I hated you're allowed, it either. You're, allow, you're allowed it's to. Just, yeah. I, I just find it very disappointing. 
Like I, I, I don't think it should be the way it is. <laughs> it's funny because I went on like on a, on a deep dive on like Doctor Strange, you know, because like mm-hmm. I don't know very much about him. But so I went mm-hmm. on a deep dive, and I'm like, yeah, I could see people that are big fans of this were really disappointed. But as someone like as most of America who's like, I don't know who this fucking wizard is fucking Gandalf looking <laughs> motherfucker. I, I don't think they cared. They were like, Oh, he does Kung Fu <laughs> for some reason. Well, see, that's okay. So the thing is, I am, I am not even a big Dr. Strange fan. Like I don't even know that much about him. It's just, I, th- I just think if you have a character that wacky, do wacky things. I don't know. They make their own weapons out of light and lightsabers kung, dude. Kung magic lightsabers yeah um, yeah but but you know i don't i don't I, ob- I obviously don't bemoan anyone yeah enjoying it i mean it, it's it's a pretty movie <laughs> yeah yeah and i hope the sequel is is more like trippy shit because the trippy parts of dr strange are pretty awesome i do yeah that, that wackiness that you were yeah. mentioning earlier may be forthcoming I'm Hopefully. hoping so yeah like it, i i hope it starts off with him in the dark dimension with dormammu <laughs> yeah, <laughs> something like that. Who um, has somehow grown a flaming head. Yeah, that's what I want. <laughs> uh, all right, let's get down to it. Let's do this. We're doing video Heck game yeah, adaptations. Dude. Dan's our guest. Let's have him go first. Dan. All right. So uh, my first pick, or at number five on my list, is yep. the movie adaptation from uh, from Japan of Ace Attorney. Oh yeah. Um, so Ace Attorney is a series of visual novel games uh, that were originally released in Japan on the Game Boy Advance um, under the title series or a series titled Gakuten Saiban, which uh, translates to Turnaround Courtroom. Um, and you know it's all based on the concept of like whenever when everything's you know so dire and you're bound to lose and your client's going to be named guilty, something happens. You miraculously find the piece of evidence that points you to the real killer and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it's a very exciting series in which you slam desks all the time. You point, you, you object, you Yell. present evidence and sh- shove it in people's face and say, you're such a fucking liar. And it's. That physically hurts them. Yes, it does in the game. Yeah, the, the act of the act of being presented with a lie physically hurts the person. <laughs> and so, uh, of note, the director of this movie uh, from 2012, um, Japanese name Gakuten Saiban, uh, um, the director was Takashi Miike. Yeah. That's uh, nuts, dude. Yeah. Famous for Ichi the Killer as well as yeah. many other things. Um, but it's it's no Ichi the Killer. <laughs> I mean, th- th- <laughs> it's, one, it's one of the movies he makes when he's like, I need to make another movie right now. And yeah, basically, that's kind of what it feels like in the end. Um, I I love the games personally. It's one of my favorite series of all time, which is why it's on this list. But admittedly, the adaptation of it in the execution of the adaptation, I do have a couple of problems with. Um, it's based on cases one, two and four of the first game. Um, so it's like the main story arc between, um, if you're familiar with the games between Phoenix Wright and Miles Edgeworth, the you know, main defense attorney that you oh, it's, play. Oh, it skips the, the Steel Samurai thing. Uh, yeah, it, it, there's like a passing reference to it. It's like, just okay, a that's a good scene. decision though. That's yeah, totally. Because that, cause it, it just, yeah. it's just a bogged down break. Um, yeah. but yeah, uh, it resides in a really weird place between over the top wacky and real because the games are all over the top. Like it's, it's anime character design. 
um, really wild takes. And, you know, um, when people get caught in a lie, they take physical damage. Oh, you should put it into context for Ricardo. Who is Phoenix's sidekick? Oh, Phoenix Wright um, uh, takes on a sidekick. Her name is Maya Fey, who is the younger sister of uh, Phoenix Wright's former mentor at the law firm, Mia Fey. Mia Fey, unfortunately, uh, something happens to her. <laughs> and <laughs> midway through the story, you can't talk to Mia anymore. So Maya comes around, um, gets accused of murder, and you have to defend her. That's kind of how that story kicks off. Back to the point about being between over the top wacky and real. My issue with this movie is that it skews too real because what I love so much about the games is how um, wacky and, char and, and there's a lot of character to it. And when they skew too real, it becomes a little too bland and um, like a like your standard Japanese TV drama. They cast a, a lot of their casting was actually young, attractive actors, um, regardless of the role. So, for instance, uh, Dick Gumshoe, like the the detective, uh, you know, the well, they got detective a handsome guy. guy for Dick Gumshoe. He's handsome and he's young. That's stupid. He needs to be like a 45 year old idiot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but he's not. So it's kind of weird. Um, pretty much the only old guy is is a guy that got to play Manfred von Karma, like the big bad prosecutor guy who. Um, it would be hilarious if they got like gacked. <laughs> <laughs> he would have done it too. Yeah, he'd fucking um, do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like so. Uh, so the thing that makes it weird is that um, there will be little bits and pieces of wackiness from the games that you'll see, and you'll be like, "Oh wait, yeah, this is like the game." Things like when they win the trial and get a not guilty verdict, someone's throwing confetti in the courtroom, <laughs> which is, you know, very typical in the game. It happens every single time you yeah. win. But when you see it on screen, it looks really odd, but I love it because that's what happens <laughs> in the game. It's funny because in the game, like it's almost non-diegetic. It's almost like music. You just you just see it and you go, oh, it's just some sort of celebration. Oh yeah, but the, yeah, but in the movie, you like you just see like a, a courtroom employee toss confetti at you. It's actually pretty great the way That's they do excellent. that. That's excellent. But I wanted way more of that. Yeah, so like probably the biggest things that are missing are when people take physical damage, when the caught in a lie, when something is proven to them or pointed out to them that is impossible according to their testimony or whatever. Um, they don't break down physically the way that you want them to because that's what the game teaches you they do, but they don't. And uh, most notably of all, most disappointing is that the music is not utilized correctly. Ah. In fact, there's not even one single cornered breakdown takedown where, you know, it, 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 there's no natural progression from the objection song to the pursuit song to the revelation song it, it like there's a there's a steady rhythm in the game when you, when you do it but in the movie they just it, it's it's all gone it, it's essentially my my problem with castlevania on netflix you, you have great music that everyone loves and believes is iconic to your series utilize it and yet they don't so sad about that but all that said it is still a goofy fun watch and um Especially if you're a fan of Ace Attorney, it's worth checking out just to see like 
how well they got the costumes to look and and how stupid Phoenix Wright's hair looks on a on an actual person. <laughs> I, I'm looking at it, the poster, and first of all, the thing first thing I notice there's pointing. He's pointing. Oh at yeah, you, out of the poster. Yes. Oh, yeah. to you. Uh, uh, the, to, the pointing the is hair's wacky. Oh yeah. Oh boy, is it? <laughs> uh, the, the The pointing is, is a very iconic to this to the series. So much so that every single logo of the games is a pointing silhouette. Um. <laughs> But unfortunately, there just isn't that much. Okay, there's pointing in the movie, but not a whole lot of dramatic pointing, and th that's a big distinction. That's a shame. Yeah. That's a shame because you could you could actually make this combination of realism and over the topness work. Oh, it could have been handled so much more elegantly. Yeah, because like I, you like, could you could make the realism be like the parts where they're like genuinely feeling down about like. You know, someone died or someone being wrongfully accused. Those are genuinely sad moments. Mm -hmm. You can make that realistic. But when you're in court, that would have been cool. Like, it would have been cool if, like, in it's like Sailor Moon, but in court, where, like, in court, they transform into, like, wackier or crazier versions, you know, because yeah. it's some sort of, like, crazy arena. Like, that'd be cool. I guess in summary, um, this is a, a novel oddity in which it seems like you're watching a very high budget cosplay production. <laughs> oh that's good that's good that's uh, a lot that's... of Takeshi Miike movies <laughs> <laughs> fair enough because he also did a Yakuza movie yeah, yeah. It, is, it feels the same way <laughs> it's funny that this is the director that they got for this like it doesn't feel like his type of movie at all well Takeshi Miike is also like a working man's director like he'll just make movies yeah he's always in the middle of something if you like look up his uh um filmography there's something like every year or every other year he doesn't stop yeah. he's like an italian filmmaker from back in the day he's just always working this looks nutty i've seen the game i've seen the cover of the game and i've always wondered like what the f how do you play that game it's fucking like, sick damn lawyer <laughs> well, i will i will recommend that game to anybody it is it is a very unique high to catch to, to know that someone is lying and that you have the evidence to prove that they are and you're just waiting salivating for the moment <laughs> in their face. yeah the court the courtroom scenes are like the best part of that game where you in just fact like, i have uh gone on record several times saying that what uh marvel should do is license capcom to create a she hulk ace attorney licensed game where you play sick. jennifer walters attorney at law defending your superhero compatriots in court of murder from or murder accusations and other such fiddle faddle. Do you remember? Do you remember uh, Ricardo? Yeah. You, did you ever see Harvey Birdman, Ace Attorney? Yeah, or yeah, yeah. Harvey Birdman, yeah. Attorney at Law. Yeah. So Capcom licensed that game, that that show, and they made a Harvey Birdman version of Ace Attorney, no and way. it's just as good. Yeah, <laughs> it totally is. It yeah, totally it's is. so okay. so that so that proved you can take like an IP that's compatible. And just apply this formula and it'll work. She Hulk would be sick. Imagine yeah. She Hulk defending like Daredevil. Be sick. <laughs> and just pointing all the time. Yeah. And oh, when yeah. she's really mad, she smashes the table in front of her. Oh, exactly. Oh, man. <laughs> all right, Marvin, you want to go next? That's uh, yeah, sure. Ace Attorney Dan's number five. Yeah. So my number five is based on a game series I haven't played in a long time, but I enjoyed a lot when I was younger. And it's not necessarily that this movie is particularly a great adaptation of it, but rather it's surprisingly okay, but it's also a great 
um, example of filmmakers who have no idea what is good about the game, <laughs> which is Hitman Agent 47. Ooh, nice. Um, yeah. So this movie is okay. Like it got it got pretty burned in the reviews, um, but it's fine. Wait, like it's wait. not. You're talking about the sequel or like the second, the remake, the, the one that the, the the remake that came out with Rupert Friend. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, okay, so Rupert it's Friend's not the forty seventh Hitman. Nah, well, he he is the forty seventh Hitman. <laughs> uh, but you know, um, I'm you sorry, know. I made you fall into a trap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, it's not the Timothy Oliphant one no no okay, no okay. it's not yeah this is uh rupert you know rupert friend uh hannah Ware as um uh spoilers i'm just gonna spoil it fuck it uh <laughs> yeah uh, spoilers another agent and then zachary quinto as uh as um as guy you know um oh, who zachary is, who quinto, is, huh? yeah who was like who like starts off so the movie okay here's why it's okay to me because they actually tried to do something interesting where uh, if you view if you view hitman like the character agent 47 from a civilian perspective he is a villain right he goes around killing people right sure so he he's the villain so the movie actually starts off framing him as a villain there so the uh, hannah Ware's character uh, i think her name is katia uh she um katia something she she starts off as like Oh, something blah, 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 my dad, blah, 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 some sort of scientist thing. And then she, she and then uh, uh, Zachary Quinto's character comes up to her and says, there's a guy who's going to try to kill you. His name is blah, blah, Agent 47. Um, I'm here to protect you. Right. So it, it sounds like a Terminator situation, like the first Terminator. Does he actually Wait. say his name is Agent 47? <laughs> I don't remember. God I'm just, damn it. I, if it were, <laughs> I just want that to be true because that's what I would like. I, he might. I don't know. Uh, right. I, I haven't All seen right. the movie in a little bit, but <laughs> the thing is, the thing is, it's like it starts off that way, and it's like, oh, it's Terminator. So cool, you have Terminator scenario. Except Zachary Quinto dies in like the first twenty minutes, and you're like, oh, okay. Uh, so Agent Forty Seven's a badass, but then you have a twist. It turns out that Katya is actually also an agent. Her dad made her an agent. Agents are like genetically enhanced super soldiers. So um, it turns out she was also genetically hand since she was young and agent 47 is actually going to her to try to like free her. And then they're going to, she's, they're going to team up to fight the bad guys. And it turns out spoilers, John Smith, AKA Zachary Quinto is the bad guy and he didn't die. In fact, he, he has like this um, under, like under the skin armor that prevents him from dying. Right. <laughs> so don't, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. So, so it's like, so, you know, it's a it's a stupid fun take on Terminator, right? And you're like, okay, it's kind of interesting. Sure, it's not sure. the best executed movie in the world, but it's a fun watch. The action's fine. I don't hate the acting. Problem is that this is not a Hitman movie. <laughs> this is a remake. This is like a weird twist on Terminator. Um, and if you, if anyone's familiar with the Hitman games, Hitman is not about hyper action. In fact. If you do lots of crazy action blowing up stuff, the game rates you lower. The whole point of Hitman is to quietly kill your target without ever being noticed. And the 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 defining feature of the Hitman games is killing people in wacky ways while while wearing wacky costumes, right? <laughs> so like like a like a really prototypical one is that like 
you're watching your your target and you're like, oh, okay. Uh, every day at 6.30 p.m., he goes up to this bar and uh, takes one of the hot dogs off of the bar and eats it. So then you know, okay, well, I have this syringe filled with sleeping potion. I'll put it in, I'll inject this hot dog with that sleeping potion. He'll fall asleep in the bathroom because he'll always walk right to the bathroom and right when he gets there, it'll hit. And then I'll just like, you know, break his neck and hide him in a closet and then I'll just walk out. Or it can be like, oh, I got to infiltrate an amusement park or something, right? Oh, I'll come in with like, you know, a mascot uniform on and I'll be dancing around. And when my target comes near me, I'll have him like accidentally trip on my leg and fall into the lake with alligators in it and he'll die, right? Like it's wacky. The whole point of Hitman is that he kills all these people in wacky, inventive ways. So what Hitman really should be is some sort of like Final Destination movie where Hitman is Final Destination. Right? Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. like where, a, where a one man Rube Goldberg machine. Yeah. It should be like a team of like the movie should start off with like five people and they seem normal. But one of them dies and they start dying one by one. And they're like, what's going on? And then as the movie keeps going on, they reveal more and more that they're evil people, right? And it's actually this hitman killing them, right? That yeah. should be the hitman movie. Yeah, that would be it pretty cool. It, yeah, it shouldn't be action, wacky Terminator movie. Uh, so that's kind of why I'm bringing this movie up at all, because it's a fine movie. It's okay. Um, when I first saw it, I was like pleasantly surprised it wasn't a total piece of shit. But you're just always disappointed that this is not what the game's about. It's like if someone said, hey, make a movie about Tetris and it looked like Call of Duty, you know, like it's just very wrong for what the games are actually about. And I feel like it's just because whenever anyone's told to make a movie based on it, this is a problem with a lot of video games. When people are told to make a movie about a video game, I feel like they just look at the key art for like 30 minutes yeah. and they go, OK, I get it. Yeah. Like, no, that's true. It always feels that way. Yeah. So it's like that's 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 why I bring this movie up. It's not the best. It's why it's number five. Um, if you're looking for just a stupid fun time, just go watch it. Uh, but you know, then maybe play one of the hit Hitman games. The new Hitman games that have come out. Um, I haven't played them myself, but I've, I've watched some people play them. They look fantastic. They're amazing. Uh, so I would go check them out if you can. Very quickly, I want to share a mental image that went through my head as you were uh, describing, you know, uh, your interpretation of what a Hitman movie should be. I uh-huh. was thinking of the Breakfast Machine from Pee Wee Herman's Big Adventure, <laughs> <laughs> like that song playing according to a gigantic, <laughs> like complicated murder that opens the movie, and that would that sounds amazing to me. Oh, you can get some really fucking elaborate murders to happen in the Hitman series. Like one of the craziest ones is that um, in the newer game, uh, you are assigned to assassinate this rich kid who um, killed his girlfriend by pushing her off of a building. Right? Does that rich kid want your bike? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Um, <laughs> but basically, she, so so he killed someone by pushing him off a building, right? And then the way you can have the game. You can like literally manipulate a series of events so that his dad's his dad's fixer, who's the one who made that original pushing off of a ledge, a balcony death go away. He gets pushed off of a balcony by that your target. And then your target calls his dad and his and tells his dad it happened again. I pushed someone off of a roof again. And then while he's saying that you can push him off of a roof, you know, like there's oh, so many fucking crazy left, things. you bro. can. 
I know it's 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 like so elaborate. Uh, all these crazy hidden kills you can do, uh, which is very not what this movie is. This movie well, is about a literally Zachary Quinto is literally a Terminator. Like he's literally instead of an like an endoskeleton, he has an exoskeleton. <laughs> like that's 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 not what Hitman is. Hitman is not a no not a Terminator. You make a very interesting point, which is why haven't they made Final Destination the video game? Mm. That would be really fun. Yeah, like you, it's like it's like you got a roller coaster tycoon perspective. Yeah, you know, oh, yeah. So you're above, yeah. Oh, you know, and totally, you're slowly. Totally. Oh man, yeah, that'd be sick. <laughs> All right, could, you're writing a GDD can... right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that is your number five. My number five is going in a totally different direction. I'm talking about the 2014 adaptation of Need for Speed. Oh, oh shit. shit! Oh man, with Aaron Aaron Paul. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I I love cars. I like Aaron Paul. Uh, I like Michael Keaton, who's in this. It should be a slam dunk, I think, but it isn't. Oh, it's very complicated. Have you have you either of you seen this movie? I haven't seen this movie. Unfortunately, I haven't. No. Okay. So this episode should have been called "How They Should Have Made the Movie." (laughs) It feels like we all have. So the, the the movie is basically like uh these these guys make this car uh the aaron paul takes it out accidentally kills somebody he goes to jail he comes out of jail he's got to participate in this like wild um kind of like cannibal runnish type of race uh, okay <laughs> and it's really nutty here's the thing is that this movie should have these are the two options for this movie both of them gotta be funny and wacky and uh-huh. by bringing Aaron Paul, you brought like serious acting and like a serious tone to it. And it seems like everybody else in the movie knows what movie they're in. They're hamming it up. They're like over the top. The comedy's way over the top. Even like Dominic Cooper, way over the top. Michael Keaton, uh-huh. everyone uh-huh. knows the tone of the movie, but no one explained it to Aaron Paul. So oh, Aaron no, Paul is playing it like totally fucking serious. What it should have been kind of like a weird Fast and the Furious like ripoff. But right, it's right, not yeah. because you have him being really serious, and that the, super the stunts, sucks. The stunts are really cool. I would say that, like the that's what I like about this movie. That kind of beats it out over like Fast and the Furious is that the stunts were real; they weren't CGI. They were really just practical stunts, and some of them were done really, really well. But it just goes it goes nowhere because you don't have the tone of the movie that goes with it. Um, it sucks. Yeah, yeah, that is yeah. unfortunate because Aaron Paul can uh, can uh, be utilized for comedy, but um, it, you need to do it in the right tone for it to hit with him. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But um, so how what this movie should have been is two things: either just have another actor or or explain to him. I think that's what I I when it comes down to it, isn't that like a big part of the directing don't you think like oh hey let's make sure we're all in the same movie right i feel like sometimes when when movies don't work and you're like how oh, this actor was was being really weird how did how what happened you're like oh the, no one was in charge of going hey this is like my vision and this is the tone so like keep up with it we're not doing that you know i know you're this type of actor but we're doing this now so you wouldn't call this an auteur film <laughs> No, 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 no. It, it it was directed by the the director of um, Act of Valor. He's a stunt guy. 
Uh, he, that explains uh, a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was no, I don't think there was m- much directing going on. So it's mostly like stunt heavy and just putting like, the movie together. Sort of. yeah, 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 yeah. The other way it could have gone that I would have, this is what I would have loved, is straight up do a Cannonball Run movie. Like literally a remake of Cannonball Run, just slap on the Need for Speed name. And then someone, someone in towards the end yells, I got a Need for Speed. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You need that. Yeah, of course. Maybe this, Tom Cruise gets Tom Cruise to, to like have like heavy prosthetics, and he's the one who says <laughs> it. You know what I mean? <laughs> does uh, he say? Does, does someone say that in the movie? Like Need for Speed? I now I can't remember. I, oh, I dang it! Don't think so. I don't think so. No, no. Um, but that's, that's what at least I wanted. The whole point of a review. Yeah. That's what I wanted. That's what I wanted this movie to be. Just a cannonball run. Get get Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan's still alive. He's still doing well. Oh, Get him man. in this fucking thing. Reprising Just put Jackie Chan in the everything. same role, the same yeah, role not? as the Cannonball Run. Um, Burt Reynolds was still alive when this when this came out. Get fucking Burt Reynolds in this fucking bitch. Uh, <laughs> but no, no, they make went, everyone else grow mustaches. Why not? Yeah, called Mustache the movie. Uh, but yeah, it, it could have been really fun. But all it is is just a, a stunt movie that goes nowhere. Vin Diesel would have killed this dialogue, dude. This dialogue was way over the top. Perfect oh, for man. Vin Diesel. But you had Aaron Paul who just was trying to make it work. He's like, he was dude. still in breaking bad mode. Yeah, like, yeah. Probably, it was during yeah. I mm-hmm. think it was during either last in between, season, in between the last season and, and the second to last season, or he had just finished breaking bad. I think bad. he just finished shooting yeah. last season, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Okay. So now I feel I have to uh, ask this question now that we're on Breaking Bad and how it's intermingling with, you know, his production there. Does he say bitch in the movie? Yeah. <laughs> you know what? It's so funny is that that's what I expected. And I don't think he says bitch once. He he mm, may okay. say son of a bitch, but not bitch. Okay. They yeah, shot away. Son of, yeah, son yeah, of yeah. Bitch. They didn't make him say the line, Bart. You bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's from where I'm at. I'm still waiting for my um, Cannonball Run remake. So Yet you'll get it received. one day. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully. I mean, it, it's Hollywood. Yeah, 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 we're very close. We're very, I feel like we're very close to it. Yeah, and they're um, all in their cars. They so it's, this is a movie they could shoot in quarantine, right? They just separate. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Their cars. Yeah. Well, oh man, perfect quarantine movie. Actually, if you get a different crew to follow the different drivers, and they're in their cars, so you, hey, this could totally work, man. This is a yeah. quarantine. Movie. Shoot it tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a bunch of iPhones. Uh, that's a, that's my other complaint about this movie is that it it mixes um different formats. Of like film, oh no! So it's like film, digital, and it when it cuts the digital, like for some of the stunts, I get it. Like you can't, you can't have. Yeah, but if a you don't know camera. what you're doing, if you don't know what you're doing, you're trying to mix those formats, like like Mad Max, like Fury Road mixes formats, but they know what they're doing. Like yes. they did lots of tests to make sure they understood how it looked. Yeah, uh, you know, so. and even like something like Collateral even mixes like they use some film in it, even yeah, though yeah, it's yeah, mostly yeah. digital, they use a little bit of film. But yeah. again, they know how to use it and they know how to like even it's even in the editing, like if you edit it properly, it you can get away with it and yeah. it wasn't done right. And it's really jarring to see like it cuts to like a digital something that's shot in digital and you're like, oh, fuck, this looks like yeah. somebody's goddamn iPhone. <laughs> um but yeah but an iphone would be better because now they shoot in 4k yeah um but yeah that is my uh my, my number five need for speed and uh speed was not delivered dan <sighs> take it away all right coming in at number four well 
I could go in one direction. I could either go in a mainstream direction or in the wild card direction. Yeah, Is there a preference among you, you guys? Do, you, you do you. You do you, yeah. All right. You live your best life, man. All right. Then I'll go in the mainstream direction. Um, so last year, uh, there was a movie that broke box office records for the you know most successful video game movie uh, in terms of domestic gross, I think, because World of Warcraft was just killing it in China and will never be beat. But um, last year, Pokemon Detective Pikachu released, which is its full name. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to have Pokemon in the actual title or else people won't know. That it's about yeah, Pokemon, just, just like just like <laughs> just like Birds of Prey. Uh, yeah, directed yeah, by yeah. Rob Letterman, who also uh, did the Goosebumps movie, uh, Shark Tale, Monsters vs. Aliens. Um, so he's got a bit of a pedigree with like kids' fare. Um, so this was uh, lauded by many to be the movie to break the curse, and I feel like many video game movies end up having that said about them like if anyone likes them at all they'll just say this is the one that breaks the video game movie curse man the one set the the one that was started by super mario brothers the movie and street fighter the movie (laughs) like those 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 stinkers you know set the tone and everyone's been trying to crawl out of the pit since um but yeah pokemon detective pikachu is actually an extremely competent movie it's a very technically impressive movie um, in particular, because of its CG work, because those Pokemon that they that they render in that movie have no right to look as good and believable as they do. Um, they someone someone really thought about it. Yeah, they are such feats of design, and um, I think there are like uh, a couple of factors to that. Um, uh, for one, they hired on a guy named R.J. Palmer specifically because he became famous on the internet for drawing realistic renditions of Pokemon on his own time. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so they like they saw his work and was like, dude, we need that. Like, get him. And so they did. Get him. But uh, while he kind of uh, went for like the kind of anthropological, like um, kind of like Darwinistic drawings of like species and things, and he kind of skewed more natural um oh and shied away from like the anime proportions and all that stuff um what the vfx team for this movie did was they uh wanted to be very faithful and very like evocative of the characters that everyone knows and loves so what they did was they started with silhouettes with every for every single pokemon they had to design so they essentially who's that pokemon every pokemon in the movie <laughs> Uh, and uh, like they use the silhouettes as a guide. It's like no matter what we design into this uh, into this character model, it has to match the silhouette that the anime set for us. Um, and that's a wonderful guiding principle because it worked. Like all the Pokemon are instantly recognizable. Um, and you know, despite the various uh, overly realistic texturing and fur and other and scales and other things that they layer on top, like you never. You never for a second, um, you know, get the feeling like I don't like they over designed this or or that, you know, they added things that shouldn't be there just because they wanted to make it look realistic, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, so. The the VFX are one part of it, but uh, your level of enjoyment of the actual movie will probably depend on two key factors because I haven't even mentioned this yet, but um, it's a Ryan Reynolds vehicle. Um, yeah. 
it's so if you have a negative opinion of, of Ryan Reynolds to begin with, you're going to be fighting an uphill battle here. Um, he's, it's Ryan Reynolds being. Yeah, Ryan he Reynolds. is slathered all over this movie. Um, <laughs> like it's it's Ryan Reynolds time most of the time. Um, but the other thing, the other major factor is uh, how much you like Pokemon yourself, like how much of a fan you are, how much you know, because it is chock full of Easter eggs and cameos. And um, oh, right. And something I haven't mentioned yet is uh, Detective Pikachu is actually technically an adaptation of a game called Detective Pikachu on the 3DS. And um, it's actually more of an investigative story. It actually plays out a little like um, an Ace Attorney game in some ways. Um, and so a, a lot of the premise of the story is actually shared by both the game and the movie. So um, there's like a mysterious compound being passed around the black market that turns Pokemon, you know, aggressive and, and berserk. And um, there's a plot to unleash it on et cetera, et cetera. Um, it's a standard unleash gas on populace sort of sort of tale. Um, but there's, so there, there's some really good, there's some really good moments in this movie. Um, there's some really, really great stuff with, uh, um, a ditto in particular that I think where it was really, was really <laughs> fun. Um, yeah, it's, uh, if, if you're a fan of Pokemon, you'll find a lot to like here, but, uh, I will say that the acting and story are decidedly kitty grade well i will say for the acting uh the two mains justice smith and and ryan reynolds they actually justice smith in particular really anchors that movie well like i actually yeah. find his oh, yeah he does do really well when he's with ryan when he's with the pikachu character ryan reynolds um yeah, yeah yeah like those two have a really good chemistry but whenever they bring in that girl yeah, that girl sucks. That girl is like, <laughs> yeah, she's a she's a she's a she's a Disney Disney Channel girl. Yeah, like yeah, Disney <laughs> Channel movie or 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 like a Nickelodeon direct to video yeah. sort of a sort of affair. I will say this. So Dan, you and I and and Sarah, mm -hmm. uh, my girlfriend, uh we we double featured this movie with with Avengers Endgame. We did. Uh <laughs> yes. Whoa. So we watched Endgame first. So we sat through like three hours of movie, and then, and then we, we watched across. Detective Pikachu. Yeah, we went from one Dolby theater to another <laughs> to <laughs> watch Detective Pikachu. And I will, I will say this: I actually enjoyed Detective Pikachu more. <laughs> <laughs> wow! I'm not saying Endgame is bad, not by any means. Um, Endgame is worse upon reviewing to me, but I'm not saying it's bad by any means. I found it very satisfying as a conclusion. Yes. yes. However, I just found. Peak deck Pikachu a lot more enjoyable because it was a lot of dumb, like a bunch of dumb fun. Yeah, and, and it didn't uh, ha it didn't have so much weight and pressure. I think that yeah, was another and, thing. And, yeah, and I and I found Ryan Reynolds' performance surprisingly entertaining. Yeah, and, actually, uh, I should mention that I'm not typically a Ryan Reynolds fan. Um, I think he can you know lay it on a little too thick, like in like the Deadpool movies and things like that. But um, within Detective Pikachu, he, like it was reined in appropriately and he, he, he really worked it. So, yeah, and when there's emotional points, it actually feels like the emotional points are real. And then you actually go, oh, I actually do feel feel some empathy for these weird characters. 
It's true. It's true. So I don't know anything about goddamn Pikachu's or fucking Pokemon, <laughs> but I saw this movie and I really enjoyed it. I had no problem with it. I it was fun. It was funny. Um, my kid liked it, and it. We don't know anything about Pokemon, and we were able to get into it. So well, good. I, I will say it was very accessible. Yeah, it was very accessible to like people who don't know the awesome. game or or have seen. Because I always wondered because because Pokemon's so pervasive that like I've actually never spoken to anyone about this movie who doesn't know about Pokemon. Right, so it's right. actually fascinating. So it just missed me. I think I think I was like. I was not the right age for this, so it just it just <laughs> totally skipped me. Um, but which is weird because like I'm into things that like I might have been too old for that I, I'm still into. But this, I don't know, I don't know what it was that I couldn't get into it. But the movie well, was perfectly to, fine, and I enjoyed it. Yeah, and and uh, to be fair, the this movie, the kind of enjoyment you get out of watching this movie has absolutely nothing to do with the enjoyment you would get from playing any of the Pokemon games. Really? Yeah, because the Pokemon games are nothing like this. <laughs> <laughs> wow nothing at all <laughs> yeah, they're pretty different in fact this movie the, the movie actively discourages fighting like with, amongst pokemon it's like a crime whereas in the games it's like a way of life so <laughs> yeah because the whole yeah, like the yeah. there's like a uh a, a central conceit around the film is that it takes place in i forgot the name of the city but it's, Rhyme it's, it's city right the, it's it's a specific yeah. location inside the pokemon universe in which a, you don't keep Pokemon in their Pokeballs so you can see them walking around doing whatever they want to do. They're citizens, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're either either Second citizens or citizens. pets. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, yeah, no fighting. And that, that no battling means that you're withholding a very core like part of Pokemon games anyway. Did either of you see that um, it was a David Fincher like series on um, on Netflix? It was like it was an anthology series. Oh yeah, Love Death Robots. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, they, yeah. they had one where there was they were like fighting these creatures, and yes, I thought where where is... like she inserts herself yeah. into yeah, yeah. yeah. And I thought this would be a really good like dark take on like Pokemon, even though I don't I know nothing. I know I know nothing of Pokemon, <laughs> but I thought this is this would be a very interesting, really dark take on it. I I really enjoy this movie, and uh, it's on the rotation of of the movies a kid watches. So awesome, great. It's got good repeat value. All right, Marvin, what's your number four? My number four is actually a series of three movies. Uh, they are they're anime movies based on the old, uh, very popular SNK series, Fatal Fury. Uh, if you don't know what Fatal Fury is, Fatal Fury. So, okay, so just to preface, back in the day, the two kings of Japanese arcade cabinets was Capcom and SNK. And fighting Capcom, game cabinets, yeah, fighting games, yes. And then the king was Capcom because it came out with Street Fighter, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Street Fighter, even the very first Street Fighter took the world by storm. People were like, "This is fucking sick." Uh, and then uh, the people who made Street Fighter defected from Capcom, went to SNK, and told SNK, "Hey, we'll make a better version of Street Fighter for you called Fatal Fury. Instead of one playable character, we're gonna have three. There's going to be a whole storyline is going to be sick. And then right when Fatal Fury came out, it turns out that Capcom had already been making Street Fighter 2 and it had eight playable characters and they were way more different and the graphics actually look much better. So, uh, so, you know, Fatal Fury kind of, you know, didn't survive super well. It, it competed, but it was not Street Fighter 2. 
Like it, it did not become a cultural icon like Street Fighter 2. Yeah, but, but it is in worth Japan. So, Go ahead. Sorry, uh, it is worth noting that Fatal Fury is often misconceived at, or misconceptualized as a ripoff or knockoff of Street Fighter 2, and that is not the mm -mm, case. Mm -mm. It came first. Uh, and uh, the thing is, and it was, and it's by the original creators of Street Fighter. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but in Japan, it was popular enough that it got its own anime adaptations. So the naming's confusing. It's very much like Halloween because it's called it's called Fatal Fury: Legend of the Hungry Wolf, which is the first movie. Then Fatal Fury Two: The New Battle. Then Fatal Fury: The Motion Picture. So. They're all movies <laughs> and they're all in continuity. So when it goes back to the original Fatal Fury, the motion picture that actually recognizes the first Fatal Fury Legend of the Hungry Wolf in the continuity, but they just decided to call it the motion picture anyway, for some reason. Um, and they're really weird, wacky movies um, because Fatal Fury characters are really, really odd. Like the whole premise of Fatal Fury is that there's this Italian guy in a fictionalized version of Miami called Southtown, right? And this Italian guy has two sons, um, uh, Terry and Andy Bogard. Um, and this Italian guy's name's Jeff. His name's Jeff Bogard. And like, he's like a Kung Fu. This, is, this Italian guy is like a Kung Fu master. Um, Makes sense. And he, yeah. And he is killed by his rival, Geese Howard. Um <laughs> And, <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, and, uh, and then, uh, and then Jeff's master, uh, saves, uh, Jeff's master is named Tung Fu Ru. Tung Fu Ru saves Terry and Andy and says, you know what? You guys travel the world, come back in 10 years. And after you've trained for 10 years, and when you come back, let's kill geese. Right. Basically. <laughs> um, so, uh. So, so Terry leaves um, and Andy leaves, right? So Andy, he's like, okay, I'm supposed to train. So he goes to Japan and he trains in, with like this ninja clan, right? And this ninja clan teaches him all these ninja skills, right? I don't know what Terry does. I, I think Terry like just leaves and starts working in construction or something. Uh, but he's like the strongest fighter for some reason. He's this guy who wears this red cap his dad gave him and a red jacket and some jeans and he has these special attacks when he punches the ground like fire comes out um i'm not sure why he's the best fighter uh but he is and he's the coolest also andy andy is kind of like the stick in the mud mm -hmm. uh whereas whereas terry's very much like come on man don't worry about it and also when they come back to southtown uh they uh they, they just meet randomly meet um this this Muay Thai champion named Joe Higashi and Joe's like I'll become your best friend and they're like all right uh and then they enter this tournament that uh this is the first movie's plot by the way uh they enter a <laughs> tournament where uh Geese is um he just sets Geese just sets up a tournament I guess he just sets up a tournament every year it's called the King of Fighters tournament and then uh things happen uh Terry falls in love with the girl but she dies because Geese throws her off a roof and then uh Tung Furu also dies because he is hit in the chest by a stick by Billy Kane, who is uh, Geese Howard's right hand man. And then before Tung Furu dies, he teaches Terry this special attack of spinning with your arms out. Um, that's like the ultimate killing move. 
and then uh, eventually Terry confronts Geese on top of his roof, and then he kills him. And that's Fatal Fury, the first movie. And that actually follows the plot of the first game pretty closely. <laughs> that's true. And then, the, and then the second movie is basically the first movie again, except now it's uh, Geese Howard's half-brother, Wolfgang Krauser, who is just some German guy who lives in a castle. And uh, Wolfgang Krauser, he's just very strong. He just beats the shit out of Terry and his friends over and over again. But then by the end of the movie, Terry is angry enough that he can beat him. And that's that movie. Wait, does the second movie he, also have a 10 year gap in which they train? No, it's just it's literally it starts off with Terry's like, now that I've had my revenge, I will go back to my construction job. And then uh, Kim Kapwan is like a random like traveling Korean martial artist and asks to be his disciple. But Terry like turns him down. But then they have like like a sparring match and they're like. Kim's like, you're really cool. And Terry's like, yeah, I know. And then Wolfgang Krauser shows up in that same fight and then uh, beats the shit out of Terry for, for some reason. While wow, Kim uh, watched. If Kim basically is watched. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the movie ends with, uh, uh, you know, there's a point where, oh, I forgot. There's also a character named Mai who Andy grows up with. And she's like this girl that... I guess Andy's technically engaged to, and she just wants to like fuck him constantly. But he's always like, "Ew, get away, ew," you know, get um, away from me. That's wife. That, that's their that's their character arc, basically. Uh, and then, um, yeah, the the second movie just ends with Terry uh, with um, Terry just killing Wolfgang Krauser. And then the third movie, this, so that's when they started realizing, hey, maybe if we keep doing straight adaptations of the games, it might not be a good idea. Because there's not a lot of story. <laughs> so the third movie is the most bonkers one. This is Fatal Fury, the motion picture. So let me just let me just just read the first line of the Wikipedia synopsis. Please. While ex while exploring a cavern in Egypt, Chang Sin Zan discovers a leg armor plate said to be one of the six pieces of the armor of Mars only to be defeated by Laocorn Godimus and his three henchmen, Pani, Hauer, and Jamin, before Laocorn attaches the part to his body and destroys the cavern. <laughs> this, is, this is your fighting game movie. <laughs> so, so, your fight, so the weird plot of this movie is that there's some sort of god creature man named Laocorn Godimus, and when he collects all of the pieces of Mars, he'll be like invincible. Isn't that and just a Yu-Gi-Oh plot? Basically, and and, uh, and Terry has to stop him, but like Laocorn is his sister, and Terry falls in love with her, much like in the first movie. And yeah, and it act this is how you know there's continuity because he actually has reservations about falling in love with her because he still has feelings for that first girl who died. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, but then you know, they uh, they they eventually defeat him with the power geyser, and that's um. It's the end of that movie. I thought you were going to say the with the power of friendship. <laughs> <laughs> sort of. Yeah, they all work. Oh, this all this movie also concludes the the arc of Andy not wanting to get his dick wet with Andy <laughs> getting his dick wet. Nice. He he saves Mai from from basically being murdered and he kisses her and then it fades to black and they definitely fucked off screen. Um and that's I mean, it got to soak it just a little bit. <laughs> just gotta dip it in yeah. <laughs> and then uh like the mormons yeah. do soaking 
So like <laughs> I, I I bring these up because these are these are entertaining enough movies to watch. They're not amazing by any means. But like how Hitman 47 is a cautionary tale of like maybe you should understand the games you're adapting before you adapt them. This is a this is a this is an example of two slavishly following the game and then swerving too far <laughs> left. Right? Yeah. Because both the first the first two movies slavishly follow the games to the point where there is no plot. It's just a series of fights. Like the second movie in particular, it's like, why does he eventually beat Krauser? I'm not sure. I think he's just angrier than before. That's the only conclusion I can draw because nothing actually changed. He doesn't like gain a new ability like he does in the first movie or anything. I think he's just angrier. Well, why um, does Rocky beat Clubber Lang? Well, because he, he trains and he, and he learns things about himself before going into that fight. Well, like an actual character development happens. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Fatal Fury. Within the course of that fight, he seems to be losing, and then he's like, he all the time. There's a point where it just, you just suddenly get a second wind, and like suddenly you're, you're fine. Right, but but there's character development, and like Rocky's like learning things. Whereas in in the second movie of Fatal Fury, I don't know why he's learning he about how angry he is. <laughs> I think the only difference is that he has the power geyser. But I don't think that necessarily is even why he wins because like he had that devastating like killing move from Tung Fu Ru in the beginning. Okay. But Wolfgang Krauser has his ability to just learn moves instantly. All right. Crucial so video game nerd question here. <laughs> Are there buster wolves involved? No. That's the that's a problem. And what the there are no fuck are you watching these for? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, while you guys are talking, I'm watching like the trailers. They look fucking bonkers, dude. Yeah, I, it's I a, it's it's, it's weird. The, the, the third movie in particular is like I I appreciate what they tried to do, right? Because they're like, okay, we understand, like, because the, the first movie actually kind of works just because it's only 45 minutes. It's not really even a movie. It's like an OVA. And right. you go, okay, it's paced fast enough that this thing of a story will work. The second movie is fucking 75 minutes long. <laughs> and it's just scene after scene of Krauser beating the shit out of people. Um, and like, like, like he fights Andy and breaks, not Andy, uh, Joe Higashi, and he breaks all of his bones somehow or something. And you're like, okay, this is stupid. Um, so the third movie, they're like, we need to come up with an actual original plot. The problem is just that the plot is stupid. Like the plot is he's literally fighting a god. And how is this homeless? Like Terry is basically a homeless man with like key powers. Like how is he supposed to stand up to like this god? Uh, but he does eventually because he hits the exact right spot on, on his armor, even though at that point you should be a god, but whatever. Uh, so that's 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 the Fatal Fury series. It's it's like not again. Much like Agent, 40, Agent 47, it's not the best thing in the world, but you're going to have a lot of fun watching it. And it's a pretty, it's pretty, it's a cautionary tale of being too slavish to your source material when you, you think it's not going to work. Is this a movie where you could watch, uh, we talked about this before, like, is this a movie where you could, you could have it on in the background during oh, a party? Oh yeah, this is a Zoom movie for okay, sure. Okay. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, th this is like, you put it on with your friends, just have them all in one VLC playlist. Oh, <laughs> it's uh, just, just, another question. Yeah. Dub or sub? Oh, yeah. <sighs> I don't think it matters. <laughs> and that's legit. That, that's a valid answer. 
Sometimes yeah, it watch doesn't. a dub. Just watch a dub. Just watch a dub. Sometimes it because doesn't. Uh, um, you'll just spend a lot less energy. Uh, <laughs> True. If okay, if you want dub. it to be a Zoom movie, it has to be dubbed. Yeah, watch it dubbed, and also um, it's frustrating because okay. Terry Bogard, for people who don't know, has an infamous move called the rising tackle. It looks stupid because basically he is doing like a, a spinning, like like a corkscrew kick perfectly vertically upwards. Right. And people, you're not sure what. People misconstrue the tackle as like a football tackle, but it's actually a soccer tackle. Yeah, it, it's perfectly vertically upwards. And like the thing is. Depending on the game you're playing, it actually is his arms that do the damage, not the legs, which is really <laughs> stupid. Um, so it's, hey, his it's ultimate stupid. move is spinning his arms around too. So. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. So, so, but then the the move the movies don't know how to to, to to depict a rising tackle. So I think the closest they got is he does the the thing spin up into the air, but then the actual attack is when he lands on the guy below him. Oh. And you're like, that's not a rising tackle. I want to see the stupid animation <laughs> of him flying upwards, spinning with his arms out. <laughs> but, uh, you know, they, I don't I don't know how you'd even like try to envision that in like a slightly realistic setting. <laughs> you need Street Fighter USA for those realistic depictions of real video game <laughs> moves. Uh, we're we're. Where Sonic Booms can solve every problem. Or Chun Li's just kind of <laughs> spinning bird kicking her way down the street. Yeah, in a wide angle shot overhead. That that's is the legitimately best. amazing to see. It's the it's the best angle they could have chosen for that move, you know? <laughs> or when she's just in the middle of a tornado's doing a spinning bird kick. <laughs> uh, um, that's an I, honorable mention, everyone. I already mentioned it last week, I think. But go watch Street Fighter USA. Just they're just random episodes on YouTube. They're they're fun. Yeah. My my next pick uh, is a cheat. It's a cheat, but that's what this, oh, it's okay. That's it's what okay. this list is all about. Is is the it's a cheat code. It's a cheat code. Yeah. Yeah. Just I'm talking about your action replay or your game genie. I'm talking about 1989's The Wizard. Ooh, technically, yeah, a Mario nice. Brothers three kind of adaptation because that's <laughs> what it was. It was a giant commercial it, for Mario, Mario Brothers. It 3. introduced Mario Brothers three to the world. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, I guess we knew we knew um Fred Savage already, right? Because he yeah, been in yeah. the Wonder Years. We knew we knew him. It didn't didn't yeah. introduce it to shit. It did introduce us, I guess, to Jenny Lewis, who eventually became. You know, a famous uh, musician, Jenny Lewis and the Watson Twins. Hmm. Um, but all right, so the Wizard, the Wizard. Uh, we've all seen it, right? I. Uh, it's been a while, but okay. I have, yes, directed by Todd Holland. Yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> Todd Holland. Um, and it stars Fred Savage. It stars Bo Bridges, a very young Christian Slater. Um, oh, I oh, fucking wow. forgot he's in that movie. Yeah, playing yeah, yeah. the older brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, Jenny Lewis as the the girl who tags along uh, in the yeah. in her in their adventure. Uh, so basically, this young boy runs away from home uh, and hitch like hitchhikes across the the I would say in the entire country. Uh, yeah, it's a road this, trip movie. Yeah, yeah, to get to this ultimate video game championship that's being held at Universal Studios. I don't think <laughs> it's officially Universal Studios in the in the movie, but it's clearly Universal Studios. Yeah. <laughs> He's accompanied by uh, Fred Savage, who is his older brother, and they lost their sister. There was a third sibling that they lost that died, 
and um the 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 younger boy has like not talked for like years because of the trauma and it's fred savage on the road trip adventure of a lifetime to introduce us to a lot of fucking nintendo games nice uh I, I that was the first time I saw the goddamn power glove, which fucking I freaked the fuck out. That's what pe- people people wanted power gloves after the movie. Well, they're like, so bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, you gotta the thing love is them. that it it they don't work, but they look cool as shit, dude. Yeah. Oh, they yeah. look really fucking cool. It's like um, Rob, like it was like it didn't really work, but it's just like you want it. You want to be that kid who can like say you want to you see his power glove I bought. Yeah, my yeah. parents bought. Well, not I bought. My parents bought me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we all knew that one rich kid that had everything. It's like yeah. they had the. Nin- I coveted that. Yeah, I yeah. coveted that rich kid who had the Rob. That's why when I went to college, I bought two Robs <laughs> <laughs> from See, a Craigslist ad. I I feel like I don't know for you guys, but I had different friends that had different things like i had one guy who just was all video games like his parents just bought him every video game mm-hmm. i had another friend that was just all like gi joes any action figure he would get mm-hmm. and okay. you had to be like uh, which this weekend which one do i go to this this movie is still fun i rewatched it with um a couple of years ago mm-hmm. and uh-huh. it still holds up it's still fun it's a good road trip movie mario brothers 3 is still exciting to watch at the end and it's still fun to play i just dusted off my old uh NES system plugged in. Sounds Turns out it still works. It looks like shit on my 4K TV, but yeah, because <laughs> um, of the sub pixel samplings wrong. It doesn't yeah. look like pixels. It looks all blurry. I know yeah, it looks terrible. Super Mario Brothers 3 in particular is playable on the Nintendo Switch Online Nintendo Entertainment System application. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's some video game knowledge for y'all. And and a plug. Maybe they want to send us a Nintendo or a Switch. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we've dropped a bunch of F-bombs, so I doubt they're going to sponsor. <laughs> Reggie, I know you don't work at Nintendo anymore, but give us some. Give us some give us goddamn Nintendo stuff. Give us some shit. And release Mother um, 3. They really, they're promoting games in this movie. That's yeah, all and Ninja Gaiden in it too, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was, uh, there's like a ton of games they play to get. So the whole competition is a, a series of games they play. And then the last game is a secret game that no one's played. At, at mm-hmm. the competition, and that's when they unveil Super Mario Brothers three, um, which no one had seen at the time. Like that, that was their big unveil. Imagine like I didn't see this in theaters, but imagine like being of age to like have a Nintendo at that that year that movie came out. You're like, I gotta go see this fucking wizard because I gotta see the. F-. There's no, no exactly. internet. There's no internet. It's just like I gotta go see this goddamn movie because if I don't see it, I'm gonna miss <laughs> that fucking. Yeah, everyone's gonna be talking thing. about it at recess yeah. tomorrow, and I won't know yeah. shit. And the movie um, has like this like really serious tip to it where it's like it's these two brothers trying to bond rewatching it. You're like, oh, this this little girl's like she's like independent and she's like on her own and she's tough and she's tougher than both of those young boys. And I'm like, oh, this is a this is a pretty good fucking movie. It holds up. So cool. That is my number four. Are we on four? Uh, yeah, yeah was that, that was four. Yeah, yeah. And uh, just a quick mention, I will say that um, I think every so often, um, it, they don't do it every year, but Nintendo still does occasionally hold like a world championships. Uh, like typically they've done it around the E3 time in the summer. And they have a competition format that feels very wizard-like where it's like, hey, here's a, here are various games. Um, you know, you're going to be pitted against each other in like just these games. 
And one, sometimes it'll just be a complete mystery, something from our back catalog that we don't suspect you've ever played. Fun stuff like that. And like they can like race each other in Mario Maker and things like on courses that they've never tried before. And it feels very wizard like whenever they start doing the Mario Maker races because it's in fact, it can look exactly like Super Mario Brothers 3 because that's a theme. I didn't know they still like did things like this. I imagine like a lot of new gamers that are young haven't played the old games. So like it'd be mm-hmm. interesting to like just throw them into like and even give them like an, an old NES controller and be like, good luck, dude. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've seen or I've heard about many geeky parents like trying to engineer their children to have a replica of their own childhoods. It's like I'm starting them on a Nintendo just like I did. Which makes no sense. I know. <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> Though I have been letting my kid watch the Predator movie, so I don't know what that says about That's me. fine. Well, That's fine. Eh. I can't wait till I get that phone call. Where like your kid keeps <laughs> telling us about goddamn Predators to be on the lookout for Predators and keeps saying if they bleed, we can kill them. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's so amazing oh oh man i would love if there's like you know some sort of like they do like a psa and like kids watch out for predators and you're and then your kid stands up is like it doesn't matter if we know they can (laughs) if they if they can bleed we can kill them (laughs) that's amazing oh Um, my god (laughs) so that is my number four dan what is your number three (laughs) uh my number three is uh i'll go to that wild card that i had in store this isn't a movie that was ever released in theaters in fact it may not be able to be called a movie because it's it's just an hour-long youtube video um but it's called the story of tetris by the gaming historian um oh this thing yeah it is a documentary it feels like it belongs on pbs it's almost like a ken burns affair um, but it's all about the story of the creator of Tetris, how he came about or how he came around to developing it, how he like uh, got people addicted to it and how he got the motivation to like try to market it. Um, how uh, nothing starts off a video game story like the Cold War. <laughs> and uh, that is how this documentary begins. It, it, it becomes a very in like it, it, like truly fascinating tale of um all this entangled licensing rights across different companies and countries all trying to get a piece of this sweet sweet video game magic that they know is going to sell like hotcakes because tetris is addicting and they realize this mm-hmm. um so like they there are people there are characters in this documentary that are like constantly trying to duck the russian government because they're trying to control this you know intellectual property invented by one of yeah. their you know one of their citizens um there's all this great trauma around like various meetings that these people have with each other and how they promise they overpromise things with each other or like try to do underhanded deals and make another deal in the back end like with someone else um like just as a taste like uh, they had to constantly negotiate and renegotiate who had the rights to publish on certain systems Uh And so that is how, but then there were like disputes between companies like we had the right to produce the Nintendo version of Tetris. No, we did. And so there is, that's why there are two versions, uh, technically two versions of Tetris on the Nintendo Entertainment System, one by Tengen and one by Nintendo themselves. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Yeah, if you can seek it out, there's a black cartridge of Tengen Tetris, and it's actually a better game than the <laughs> official one. <laughs> well, to a lot of people, the original definitive version of Tetris is the Game Boy version that came with Game Boys. Right, right. And uh, all that stuff is included. Um, like it, you, you see a lot of great like personal uh through lines with real people and where they end up in their lives in regards to Tetris. So it's just a really fascinating real ass story. Um, It's, it's more riveting than you'd expect. And uh, it's just a really, it's just a really pleasant surprise. Well, cause like at the center of it is just like this really nice, like, like normal guy. He's like a, he's like a Russian Mr. Rogers, uh, Alexei Pajanov. (laughs) Mm hmm. Because he's just a really nice guy who's like in a lab, computer lab. Yeah, he like, just kept his head down, pr- made this game on his own time, showed it to people and said like, hey, this is really fun, right? And it's like, like yeah, I'm having a lot of fun, fun with this. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, he basically was like given a, um, like a, like a life raft by, it's it's Hank Rogers, right? Ooh, uh, the guy who. All the, all the names so well. Because like, um, I, th- I believe before, like he actually didn't collect any rights to most of, to most versions of Tetris until like the mid nineties, even though the game had been around for such a long time. Yeah. He and I think was, it's only because mm-hmm. it's only because him and this guy who was, um, I think Hank Rogers, uh, he, I think he at the time was working for Nintendo and he was like, dude, you made a really, really awesome game but people are taking advantage of you. I want to be your advocate and I want to like, you know, help you get the royalties you so deserve for working on this game. And like, I know you want to keep your head down. I know you want to keep a quiet life. We can still do that, but I can start this holding company for you so that we can manage these rights and you can actually like live off of it. Right. Right. He was like, Oh, oh, okay. And then I think that's when they started the Tetris company together. And then that's, because I'm super into the, remember, I've actually, this is not one of the documentaries I viewed about Tetris, um, but um, I back back on like the old like tech TV days, they used to have like these retrospectives on various video games and Tetris is one of them. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a, it's a fascinating story in general because like, uh, this is really nice guy in the middle of it and like all these people trying to take advantage of him and then this one guy being a total comes bro. in. Yeah. Yeah, he comes out, he goes out of his way to be like, we're going to make this right. You deserve better. You know, and no, it's, yeah, it, it's actually is, an uplifting story, too. It, it's actually a, it's a nice, pleasant tale to listen to. Oh, yeah, because uh, I remember that tech TV version of the doc actually ended with him. It's like he now works at Microsoft and he's like, oh, I'm just making these little puzzle games in the side. Let me show you my newest one. And it's like you look at it and you're like, this is a puzzle game. No one's ever really going to buy like, but he's living so comfortably now off of his fortune that he deserves that he gets to just do what he likes to do, which is to make little fun games that he likes to show people on the side and go, isn't this fun? You know, and that's, that's really all he, he really wants to do. He just wants to make fun little things and toy and like computer game toys for people to play with. And it's like, you know, he's like such an innocent guy and I'm, I'm glad it all worked out for him eventually. Yeah, there's a wholesome humbleness in it. The um, Netflix has been doing like uh, two different series. One was um, the Toys That Made Us, uh-huh. yeah, uh-huh. the movies that made us. I've been wanting them to do a video game one, like the video games that made oh, us. Oh, totally! That'd be really fun. This that would be really fun. Oh yeah, 
you could like do a really good one on Donkey Kong. You could do yeah. a really, really great one on Tetris. Um, you could probably do a great one on Game Boy. I'm, yeah, I'm wondering uh, if maybe the reason why they're not going for that is because so much of the research and interviewing would need to take place in Japan. I mean, fucking tech TV could do it. I don't get <laughs> I'm sure yeah. Netflix. Could. Well, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they could. But I, like it, it doesn't match the same format, I guess. Oh, I've seen some great clips of the toys that made us like the guy who like in uh, designed the He-Man toys. Yeah. And he's like, I don't care if this. Uh, this tiger came from another line and it's too missized. It's just a giant tiger, goddammit. Yeah. <laughs> he, he rides he rides a fucking tiger. <laughs> just coloring <laughs> green. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> it's amazing. It's, they're all really interesting. How it, it was a little bit of creativity and mostly like, I don't give a fuck. I just need to get paid. I don't want to get fired. Just That's just every industry, fucking, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like every, that's like yeah. the movie industry in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to get fired. Let's just, let's just make a movie. Let's yeah. call it Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what we should talk about is video adaptations that won't be on any of our lists. You know, we should just rattle off a few, like some of them that aren't even video game movies but they're just god awful movies like pixels oh movie? <laughs> yeah god damn it dude uh tekken the tekken movie tekken. don't watch the tekken movie the recent yeah. jumanji tekken. movies you don't you don't like those well i haven't seen I them mean, I, I just know that they're not actual adaptations no 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 but i mean th- they have interesting video game stuff in them right and right. they they make they poke fun of like certain things like cutscenes and stuff like you know what you know what the, jumanji adaptation won't we won't be mentioning zathura oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know what that's where he kind of like that's where he learned a lot about visual effects and, and yeah it, and it made he, him the man who yeah. he is and he also has mentioned in many interviews he's like i just i just tried and yeah, I was, yeah i just wasn't very good I, that's what i like <laughs> that's what i like about john favreau is that at the end of the day he knows when he made something bad and he he'll like he'll be like he doesn't care he doesn't like apologize for it he's like ah, i just i was trying to he's actually super humble out. about his yeah. own ability yeah. as a filmmaker and even yeah. though now he's like a good filmmaker he's like legitimately great at what he yeah. does yeah he's still very like you know i'm still trying to figure some stuff out you know that's why i bring in all these people to like give me advice and stuff and it's yeah like, yeah um some other bad ones far cry mm-hmm uh, oh, the dead. Well, the every, newest anything, Tomb Raider. Uve Bol, anything he does is going to be fucking shit storm. Yeah, yeah, it's just Post garbage. Oh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, the Tomb Raider series, the first one wasn't bad. The new one. The, the new one. The new one, definitely. You know yeah. what? I but saw yeah, that I, and like, it's all right. It's just, it's just, <laughs> it's just bland. Uh, I didn't like the sequel to the original. So what is it? The Tomb Raider Cradle of Life, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the postal you mentioned, uh, Double Dragon. God, oh yeah, movie, that's dude. real bad. I, re- I try to rewatch it because it was on Netflix. Uh, no thanks. It's not uh, a. Yeah, it's just completely different. Uh, uh, Doom, Doom with the rock in it. Yeah, that's really okay. Bad. I I gotta admit, I I kind of enjoyed watching that. <laughs> 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 just because just uh, there's this there's a scene where the rock is spoilers. The rock turns into a demon <laughs> and he jumps up on a. a oh my god. Because you could think he's the hero. It turns out the rock's not the hero. He becomes the villain, uh, just like at the end of the Dark Knight. And then, Please uh, tell me he, he looks exactly oh. like the Scorpion King. <laughs> no, I wish. No, that would be no. amazing. Damn it. <laughs> no, he jumps up. He jumps up on this on this platform and yells at the the actual protagonist. He goes, "Semper Fi, motherfucker!" <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then the movie has an actual first person sequence. Oh yes, where uh, no yeah. Way. Yeah, dude. Um, and it's like 
it's it, like okay it it drills in i think when you start watching it you're confused you're like what's happening and they drill in that oh you're watching the, the perspective of the care of the main character because he he startles himself by looking at a mirror and shoots it oh and, but he sees his own reflection in it and you go oh okay this is this character okay and then it's just like just the most awful first person cg you can imagine <laughs> Wait, is that something they maintain throughout the whole movie? Like the camera is the no, it's, it's, no, it's just one. It's, no, it's just one uh, action section. Okay, okay, the okay. The movie. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that would be horrible if that was a whole movie. Yeah. Like, like a uh, hardcore Henry. Where it's all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Prince of Persia mm, was a yep. fucking horrible. <sighs> yeah, that's uh, really with Jake Gyllenhaal, right? Yeah. All right. Gyllenhaal. Um, uh, Resident Evil. Some of them, right? I, I have, all of them. I, I I've only seen the first one, so I don't know. I don't know. Where Thing it's... is, they're they're either horribly boring or horribly awful. Like the first one's just really boring. This like there's not much happening, and the second one is also boring. And well, I watched it because I was interested in you know how they adapted elements of Resident Evil's two and three because Nemesis was in it. But um, right, right. Yeah, it's it is just also boring. But you just keep pushing. He just like keeps pushing this Alice character just because it's his wife. Yeah, like here's it's here's like, my original character. Please do not steal. It's yeah, my wife. My OC, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Please don't steal my wife. Rampage. Did anybody see that? I have not. I haven't. But I, I've, I've actually been heard told. Better, like, I've heard like surprisingly yeah. good things about Rampage. The The yeah. Rock is in it. And he's he in a lot fun. of these, I, aren't, isn't he? Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, The Rock does um, a lot of this. He's shit. in Jumanji too. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. Rampage isn't bad. I I kind of enjoyed it. I I stole I still stole this thing where there's a scene where like, um, before the gorilla gets huge, um, he's kind of panicking, and mm. the rock keeps doing like sign language, and he's like, "Hey, it's me. Calm down." And <laughs> I, I anytime someone freaks out, I do that. I do the sign. Hey, hey, it's me. Calm down. <laughs> excellent. Um, excellent. But yeah. Excellent. Um, Marvin, what is your number four? Three. Nope. Three, three. Yeah, run through. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so this is also a very, very weird one. This is probably the weirdest pick um, because it's basically um, so. So Dan and I have a channel where we do Let's Plays, right? And this is basically Let's Plays. But what if Japan turned Let's Plays into a TV show, right? That's like that's like structured as like a variety show. Hmm. Uh, it's called Game Center CX. I so the, love the, Game Center CX. Yeah, the show's great. Um, so the premise of Game Center CX is that there is apparently some sort of this is this is all fake. Um, there's like a there's like a, it's a, a like a corporation. Yeah, this is kayfabe. Uh, there's a there's a corporation or some sort of company where this guy named Shinya Arino, who is like the the kacho, the chief, uh, works at this company, but his job is to beat video games in one sitting <laughs> if he can um but the problem is that he's like just like this middle-aged guy and he's terrible at video games so <laughs> yeah he's, he's not so very he's, good at all yeah that's that's the conceit like when he's given a game that's like like kind of like a like it's just like it's not an action game but it's like some sort of like um like a like a visual novel or something like that he does pretty pretty fine but if it's like a more action oriented game, like a Super Mario game or like a shooter or something like that, he's just awful. <laughs> and then. Uh, but yeah, um, so so the, the entire premise of the show is that he has, for the most part, every episode he is given a game, for example, Super Mario 64. And he says, you have to beat it in one sitting. Uh, 
And one sitting literally means, okay, if we're still here at midnight, we're still playing and we're still recording. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And then um, it's edited down, obviously. Uh, but like, there's like, he has like this whole crew to help him out. So like, there's, there's a team of assistant directors. Cause like, the, <laughs> yeah. apparently the, the premise is also that like the people who, sh- who are shooting the show are also like characters in the show. So like, uh, th- there's an assistant director who is like, th- they usually bring him in for an assist. He's like, you're having a lot of trouble with this one level. Would you mind if I came in and gave you advice or came in and helped you beat it? And then, uh, like they'll come in to help with that. But also sprinkled throughout the show, um, I should also mention there is an American adaptation of the show that the the video game website Kotaku um, bought the light the rights yeah, for. Yeah, more localization. They, it was like a more localization. Yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah but it was, it was a called, butchering of it. Well, it's it's the the main thing is that it, it it was called Retro Game Master instead of Game Center CX, and the main thing is that they cut out all of the additional segments. All they showed were the were the parts where he's playing the game. Whereas a charming part of the show is that he has all of these like cutaway sections, like in a variety show where he'll be like, oh, uh, it's like, a, like an ongoing section is called if you have to visit a game center, visit this one. In Japan, uh, arcades are called game centers. It's why this is called Game Center oh. CX. Um, so he would literally just visit like a local tiny arcade and show it off, which is cool. Like you see like all these different types of arcades throughout Japan and some are like, Look at this gigantic, awesome arcade, right? Where it's like, this is really cool. But some are like mom and pop arcades where it's like, we only have two arcade machines, but you know, it's still charming. You should still visit it, you know, stuff like that. Um, they have stuff where like, uh, they had like a thing where let's go through every game and watch game ever made, right? Um, so, you know, it would have like this musical intro where Arino is doing this weird dance with his hands, uh, while the song is playing. And then he would, he would like, kind of tongue-in-cheek play this this uh this version of a game and watch game and it's like stuff like that interspersed with his struggles to like it's like when you first watch him playing these games if you if you're a gamer and you're watching him play these games it's like a roller it's like an emotional roller coaster when you first start watching because when you first start watching you're like he sucks so bad he's (laughs) so bad at this game just just beat this level it's not hard but then as you keep watching you go oh man he's he's putting all of his heart into it he's really trying and then when he finally beats it you go oh my god he did it oh this is amazing and like uh i think one of the greatest episodes of all time uh is super mario world uh so like he has this like kind of this trilogy at the very start of the series where he's playing i believe super mario brothers 2 super mario brothers 3 and then super mario brothers world and like it becomes like this ongoing thing of like he's just not good at Mario games, <laughs> but they keep making him play it. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, and then like uh, you know, and it, and it culminates to his his performance in Super Mario World. Um, it's like a really weird premise for a show, but like, but if you're if you view a uh, fellow uh, listener um, are familiar with Let's Plays in general, just imagine it as a very highly produced Let's Play. Um, cause it's essentially what it is. Um, and it's like cut down, like, it's like take, take like a whole 12 hour stream with weird characters and it's cut down into like an hour episode. Yeah. And it's very um, interestingly cut down because, you know, most people would just cut out all the failure, but this highlights a lot of the failure. It's mostly failure. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is a really good time to, um, 
promote your guys's channel we have a we have a youtube channel called fugitive games uh, where we do let's plays and sometimes reviews and yeah that's our channel uh game center cx is a much better version of this <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we don't have a charismatic like narrator <laughs> all right where are we at we're on three right game center yeah yeah your third yeah your third uh my third i'm gonna do another cheat a movie that has a lot to do with video games it has a lot to do with movies. It's Ready Player One. Okay, oh, I was thinking about that one. You and Marcel enjoyed this quite a bit, if I remember. I know, I know. And you guys didn't enjoy it? What What are your thoughts? I want to get your thoughts before I move on. Well, just, just me personally, I don't like the premise of this movie. So I've actually not even seen it. And admittedly, I haven't either. I've read excerpts of the book because our, our mutual person we know, uh, Jeff, like kept reading sections of it out to me. And then mm. uh, I I hated it <laughs> uh, just because like I I don't like I hated that writing of him like oh he brushed off the blah 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 because uh, with the big the Iron Giant reference and like okay like I, I don't like this uh, I don't I don't know how much of that is actually in the movie I think um, but. I think the movies it kind of captures like what the main idea of the book was and kind of does its own thing. Um, so basically what it is, it takes place in the future for people who haven't seen the the movie or read the book. Uh, it takes place in the future and everyone kind of lives like the world is shitty. Everyone lives on like, it's very like a classist system, you know, and everyone mm -hmm. lives in for the most part in like these stacked up like um, motorhomes uh, and or, or RVs. And um, so the world is a giant trailer park <laughs> and uh, and this kid and everyone lives in this virtual like virtual reality world called the Oasis. And the guy who created the the Oasis uh, dies and he leaves this like weird Easter egg hunt for like everybody to find. And whoever gets all the keys, which is there's three keys, they unlock uh, his his treasure, basically, which is the control of his company. Um and and everyone's after it like their their version of like google like is after it because they want control of the entire like oasis uh because there's no ads and they want to put a bunch of ads in the oasis <laughs> um, but the oasis is everything basically it has like everything you could think of every world every planet they, they have it they have like a, a nintendo planet and you could be your avatar could be anything it could be uh, RoboCop. It could be literally everything, and and I I thought it was really fun just because a it's Spielberg, mm -hmm. and it was the right guy to do it because he's just gonna make it fun. And there's a lot of video game and a lot of eighty stuff because the guy who wrote it was clearly raised in the eighties, so there's a lot of like eighties references and movies and music and video games. But um, there's a they pack in a lot of fucking video game stuff, a lot of video game characters in this movie. I don't know. I'm sure most, I mean, it's a lot of CG, but I'm sure most of the money went, most of the budget went to like the licensing of some of these oh, projects. Yeah. <laughs> and only Spielberg could have done this. So, like, this is like a Roger Rabbit type situation where like, sure, yeah. They said yes, just because it's him. No one else could have come like, in. Like, nowhere else will you get to see the Iron Giant share uh, like a movie or screen time with a Gundam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was kind of the like, cool part of it is that like seeing it kind of like, play out mm -hmm. and that was kind of fun like because there's so many things like chucky's in it in the within the same action scene like 
all that you described. There's the Iron Giant. There's Chucky. There's Ninja Turtles. There's so many goddamn characters in this movie that that was kind of fun. And I didn't. There's a lot of things wrong with the movie. One of the biggest problems is that like the 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 female lead they they first meet in the oasis, and mm-hmm. she this this guy's in love with her. This guy um um wade wade watts is his name um and he falls in love with this girl they're they're like chasing the the keys right to the easter uh-huh. egg keys and she says there's a there's a moment where like he reveals who he is in real life in like the real world and she's like oh don't tell me that because she's falling in love with him and he's like what let's just meet and she's like you don't know me and he's like yeah i know you you know like we hang out all the time and then there's a line where where she basically says like i don't look like this like she basically insinuates that she's ugly and then you meet her, you meet the role, like you meet her in real life. And she's gorgeous. And she's gorgeous. She just has a birthmark around her eye. Oh, then she's that's hideous. It. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> like, she's she's so disgusting. Oh, get her away from yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Fucking freak. <laughs> <laughs> you are right. I don't know you and you are ugly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he yells that out at her. Oh, what a mistake. <laughs> I'm going back to the virtual reality. Um, uh, it, you can't it, jack it, off to this <laughs> in front of and you. There's so many. I would definitely love to see like the un- uncensored version of this movie. Because, of course, this is it's a PG-13 movie. It's Spielberg. Right. But right. to see like a hard R, like just fucking cursing and like, like the, the second the life parts version of the internet. Of yeah. Yeah. The worst parts of the internet being brought into vr they hint out they hint at a like a brothel pla- planet that exists oh, of like, course yeah that's, but, a, that's, uh, that's like <laughs> yeah it's got to be a whole galaxy that's oh, like 75 yeah, yeah. percent of the internet <laughs> like basically it would be yeah most of the the oasis would be porn and then a little bit of like pop culture but mostly yeah porn. it's like literally uh, yeah, actually I, the I, oasis would just be an oasis off. within a desert of porn Yes. <laughs> literally literally yeah yeah I, i've a friend of a friend of ours has said this and i we've contributed to this idea that if there's going to be a robot uprising it's going to be not become uh, of course they're going to be self-aware but with with the ai or the cyborgs are going to be most fucking upset about is that the first thing we use them for is for fucking. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah. I mean, they gloss like, right over that in Westworld, but it's there. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you fucked us forever. That's a, <laughs> you. The first thing you do is you create this, this self-aware thing and you fuck it. <laughs> it's insane. And I think that's why they're going to be upset at us and want to kill us and want to uprise um but anyway that's my number three that's it ready player one just real quick uh do they bring any significance to the fact that they're all doing vr in their rvs you mean do they do they show how it works like how how it would work like just just the pun of it (laughs) well vr rv yeah that's yeah they don't they don't they don't they don't talk about that (laughs) It just makes me like just the fact. I just, just the fact this. that they just thought of this. Just the fact that they are in RVs just strikes me as yeah, odd. Like, yeah, why? Yeah, why make yeah. them all RVs? Yeah. See, see, they, 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 they were too deep into the let's reference everything thing. They yeah. didn't see the opportunity right in front of their eyes. Oh dang! RVVR. Mm-hmm. I bet you. 
there's a RV that's a VR thing that goes around to all the video game conventions. Oh, I'm, that, I'm, that, I'm sure. Because um, you know how they, they have those RVs that are like singing booths. We're like, hey, yeah, come in yeah. here. It's, yeah. For some reason, guy off the street, would you like to sing a song? RV VR. Not mentioned once, dude. Darn. Um, but yeah, that is my number three. Dan, what is your number two? Okay, so I'm down to the last two who uh, movies that I think are very much intertwined in my heart because they I was introduced to them in the same year. Um, so how about I start off with Street Fighter 2, the animated movie? Yeah. Uh, released on home video in North America on 1995, even though it was technically introduced in Japan in 94, but 95 is when I saw it. Um, and uh, right off the bat, I'm going to have to say that usually, I I'm usually one of those that guys who always wants to watch media in their in its original language. So, like when it comes to anime, I'm like, give me give me the Japanese voices, please. But in this case. I have to say the U.S. dub beats the original handily. Um, and it's not necessarily just because of the performances, even though the performances are very um, are very charming in how dumb and goofy they are because the writing's really awkward. Um, but probably the biggest part of it that uh, makes it better than the Japanese version is the soundtrack because a Japanese soundtrack was absolute ass it sucked yeah you're talking about this before yeah and i couldn't like it, it actually took me several several years for me to watch the the japanese audio version um and i was just taken aback at how different the music choices were how cheesy and synthy all the music was in originally because the the soundtrack that they built up for the u.s release was um actually better orchestrated when they had score um but then they also pumped it full of like uh, there are other like um, known bands and rock bands um, dumped into the soundtrack. So you got your mm. uh, Silver Chair, Alice in Chains, KMFDM, and even Corn at the end of the at the end of the movie. <laughs> uh, you know, which it, it kind of launched the AMV ships of their time. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, so anime music videos were built off of movies like this. Um, so this movie uh, is n notable for being so well received and successful that it actually affected the games after it. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, for instance, the, it begins with uh, uh, with an iconic fight between Sagat and Ryu, if uh, anyone's familiar with those characters. Most people know who Ryu is. Well, l l can I ask a question before you go, go on? ahead? Um, is, is this a direct sequel to the movie Street Fighter with Jean-Claude Van Damme? I don't believe it is. Street Fighter 2, the okay. animated movie, is uh, more or less a... An adaptation of the Street Fighter 2 game's story, which um, admittedly is very thin. It's basically just, and Bison is a big villain. He's trying to do something bad. And uh, all of these world warriors just kind of, you know, stumble together to try to defeat him somehow. This is the 1994 movie, right? The animated movie? Uh, technically 94, yeah, but it was released yeah. in America on in 95 on VHS. Oh, okay, okay. 
Well, so I remember watching the beginning of this mm-hmm. and being, why is Jean-Claude Van Damme not the voice? I'm fucking out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm now realizing years fucking later that the title is Street Fighter 2, the animated movie, meaning this is an adaptation of Street Fighter 2, not Street Fighter 2. Oh, that's excellent. Oh, that is, oh man. That's amazing. That's so that's good. really, really good. Uh, okay, oh, admittedly, the voice they have for Guile is not Jean-Claude Van Damme. Um, and I know that you're a big JCVD fan. <laughs> but uh, I, I will... I, I, there's a special place in my heart for that guy of voice. Uh, he has such iconic lines as, Bison, I'm going to rip your lousy heart out, you filthy bastard. Because <laughs> he needed to move his mouth that many times. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's just a really... If you're obsessed with Street Fighter and um, fighting games of the era, um, as you or as Marvin and I were, um, there are some great fight scenes in this in this in this uh, movie. Uh, they're very well yeah. animated. Um, they put some actual thought into how you know the moves from the game might look in a more realistic way. Um, not quite to Street Fighter USA levels of absurdity, but you know they tried to they tried to massage it a bit and make it a little more. Well, they sensible. actually hired they hired fight choreographers for the movie. Oh yes, yes they did. Um, yeah. Oh, another shout out for the dub. Uh, well, okay, but, but before I do that, um, the the dub cast uh, used all pseudonyms. Um, I think it was probably a union thing, but. Uh, Notably among the voices was one Brian Cranston. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Uh, So, Brian Cranston. Guess what character? Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Guess what what character Brian Cranston would have played? Oh, wow. Who was he playing? He played Fei Long. (laughs) No fucking way. The Chinese Bruce Lee character. No way. Yes. (laughs) Wow. Eisenberg is fucking Fei Long. And it's really, it's really good. Uh, it, he he has some great reads on his lines. Uh, yeah, it's a, it, it's just, it's just a fun time. Uh, it's has anybody brought this up in like an interview with him? Has he ever talked about it publicly? Oh, I, I'm sure it's because because Breaking Bad went to Comic Con once. I'm sure it was brought. Oh up. yeah, definitely. <laughs> and also, he, he used to provide his voice. Uh, he provided at least one voice for Power Rangers villain. Yeah, oh, really? Really? yeah. He had a prolific of uh, voice acting career before Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah, he's um, got a really good voice. Yeah. Well, yeah, he. I mean, he still lent his voice to like um, probably the best DC animated movie, which is Batman Year One. Like he played Gordon, and he's oh, yeah. by yeah. far the best part. He of would movie. always be my pick yeah. for a live action Gordon at this point. I want. Oh, he'd be so. Yeah, good. Brian Cranston could he's be the Gordon. right age now. He's perfect. Yeah, he, he, he's yeah. A perfect pick. Who's the new Gordon? Uh, Jeffrey Wright? Uh, uh, for, for the new Batman movie? Yeah, yeah. I believe you're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, not right. a, that's not a bad pick. He's got a good voice, too. He's got a good, like, deep voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like, uh, it's a different idea. Um, yeah. And, he, and he's, he's a very good, intense actor. So it definitely works. Sorry, I just wanted to mention real quick. Uh, one example of the Japanese soundtrack being really, really awful is that the end credit song, uh, it's called Good Luck. Uh, in parentheses, hooray for the Street Fighter. <laughs> and 
and the beginning oh, and yeah. middle of the song are just a huge ripoff of Dancing Queen by ABBA. No way. No way. <laughs> Look it so, up, so guys. What is, like, the, I kid you what not. What is the rough uh, outline of the plot? Uh, yeah, basically. Uh, okay. Uh, so, uh, it begins with Sagat and Ryu fighting in a thunderstorm and a grassy field. Um, and that was the part that was like a, an iconic fight that ended up being adapted or referenced in later games, uh, notably Street Fighter Alpha 2. Um, but it turns out that uh, Street Fighters around the world are acting kind of brainwashed um, and like assassinating uh, political figures and forgetting like what they were doing afterward. Uh, so, Cammy, um, for instance, is one of these people. She, she assassinates someone, gets caught. And then she can't remember what what the heck was going on. Um, and turns out that Bison is behind all this brainwashing. And uh, he wants to recruit Ryu, uh, who is believed to be the best fighter in the world because he beats Sagat. Um, and he thinks like, well, Ryu's the best one. I got to get him. I need him and get him under my control. Um, Meanwhile, Ken is kind of uh, fighting in his or he's living his life in America and getting really restless because he uh, feels unchallenged and believes that Ryu is his only rival. Um, and so this competitive spirit for that Ken has is something that Bison notices somehow <laughs> and thinks like, OK, um, if I can't get Ryu, I'll get you because you, uh, you know, you compete with him. You have this competitive nature, you have a fiery spirit, and I can exploit that. I can make you like, I can like make you hate him and brainwash you into hating him and kind of like despising him and turning you into my puppet that way. Meanwhile, Guile and Chun Li are teaming up to try to find, locate, and destroy Bison's operations. Uh, his his shady organization is called Shadow Law, and Ryu's just fucking around. He's just he walks around. Uh, he just travels on his own, like being a little hobo, much like Terry. <laughs> and uh, he just kind of wanders around while everyone is trying to find him. Or like everyone's trying to find each other. It's a very wandering movie. Um, mm -hmm. It all congeals at the end. Uh, Bison does get a hold of Ken. He does brainwash him. Ryu finds out that Ken's been brainwashed. Then they all fight. Um the predictable outcome happens and Bison is defeated and in the end Bison tries to hit Ryu with a truck. That is uh that is exactly the plot I need to, to watch this movie. <laughs> I was sorely disappointed, let me tell you. When I watched this movie <laughs> and I said this has what the fuck is going on? What is going I should, on? I should mention two things about this movie. One uh, when you know, for younger kids, this movie was infamous for having a a nude shower scene with Chun Li. Uh, yeah, oh. and that was only in the Japanese release. Uh, the first North American yeah, so, localizations actually none of them had the fully uncensored version. Yeah, so people were like, you know, scouring Kazaa for that scene. Uh, the other thing is that the the general animation and art style of this movie was so influential not just to the japanese audience but to capcom as a team that when they made their next street fighter game street fighter alpha they pretty much copy pasted this art style for their game yeah it was very influential to that and um yeah they, like they, they ended up just using that aesthetic and tone for that whole alpha series yep what is the current 
like status of the Street Fighter? When was the last one released? Well, Street Fighter Five is um so like it yes, it came out a while ago, but it's one of those games where it's continually being supported. Twenty sixteen, it came out in twenty sixteen. Uh, uh, so it's one of those games that's being continually supported. So it's not like oh, it's old. Um, it's like they they keep adding new characters, they keep updating it, etc. Oh, okay. And what um, system is it on now? Uh, it's on PS4 uh, or PC only. Yeah. PS4 oh, okay, or PC. Right. Oh, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. You're yeah. You're right. Yeah. Because uh, because um because Sony actually funded part yep. of it, so it became a PlayStation exclusive. Um, it's oh, okay. it's fine. It's not the to me. It's not the best Street Fighter. Uh, um, even Street Fighter Four is a lot more fun to play for me. The best Street Fighter ever is Third Strike. Which one is that one? What what number is that? Where now, is it was Fighter the third three. version you know, of Street Fighter Three. <laughs> Yeah, you know how wow. like Street Fighters used to have like versions. Like Street Fighter yeah. Two had like Champion Edition, Hyper Fighting, yeah, uh, yeah etc. Yeah. So Street Fighter Three had three versions. It was a Street Fighter Three, then Street Fighter Second Impact, then Street Fighter Three Third Strike. I actually, when I was younger, played Second Impact the most, just because that was what was available in my arcade. But then Third Strike is the one where you like everything's perfectly tight. Uh, you know, it's just really good gameplay. Got got um. Uh, what's it called? Uh, I think that's when Urian was introduced, right? I forget In if third that, strike. I don't or? think he. That's when he was introduced. I might be wrong. Uh, well, 12, 12 is twelve is definitely um a third strike inclusion. Yeah. Well, I mean the 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 um, yeah. thing to just keep in mind is that every new iteration has more characters than the last. So, yeah. Yeah. I would recommend getting the collection just to get third strike because third strike, even if you're not good at fighting games, if you just look at their animations and the soundtrack. Like the soundtrack is it's it was it's a hip hop soundtrack and it's like Japanese style hip hop. It's awesome. And also um, the the animations are probably to date the best animations Capcom's ever done. Uh, so I'd agree with it's, that. It's really like everyone holds yeah, them up as a gold standard, but it's for a reason, man. It's so smooth. Everyone moves like. Yeah, butter. it's like. Yeah. And it's like it just just a sense of like anticipation and impact that they work with, with the amount of pixels they have to work with. Um, it's, it's, it's pretty innovative what they manage. Like to if do you want a great example, game. just look up the character Elena and just watch her like stand in place for five seconds. Her oh. idle stance is impressive on its own. And that's like, that's saying something. Cause she's like a capoeira yeah, and, and, person. So she's like moving around all the time. Ah, uh. Yeah. And she was rotoscoped. Actually, they actually hired uh, um, an actual capoeira capoeirista to to do some of the movements for her. And it's yeah, it's a it's an impressive piece of animation work. Even like amongst like you know show animation, a lot of people hold it up to a high standard of what to follow for like action. Hmm. I gotta check this out. I I, I pulled it up. Street Fighter 30th Anniversary Collection. Yeah. Uh for the old Switch. Uh, it'll it'll change up because I've I've been playing nothing but Animal Crossing lately. That's fine. And uh, That's well, fine. and also for the lawyer game, uh, for to plug that, if you are interested in playing Ace Attorney, there is the HD trilogy also available on Switch that come, which gives you the first three games in the series, which um, when played all in a row, wrap up a really nice, neat little story. <laughs> Where are we at? We're at Marvin, right? Yeah, uh, my second one. Yeah, or, or my or my uh, number two pick, which is I'll just say it out loud. It's Tron. Yeah, Tron. Oh, I, nice. I I love Tron. Okay. Uh, Tron's not a great movie. Let me just set that out. No, of the way. it's not. It's okay. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> but 
but it's but it's super charming because it it has no idea how computers or video games work uh but but it's super charming because it's jeff bridges as just this nice guy who's trying to like hey 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 don't sell him short he's a he's a he is a star computer game programmer yeah it's true <laughs> jeff bridges um, yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, um, the coder, and uh, you know, and then he he ends up in the in the computer, and he has to he has to stop. Yeah, he gets sucked into the, the digiverse. Yeah, he, and then uh, he's got he's basically by defeating the MCP, he'll also stop a hostile corporate takeover somehow of his own company. Um, and it's great. It's just like a it's just like a fun romp. I I have to admit, uh, one of the reasons why this movie is so close to my heart is because um. I'd seen the movie before, but I this is one of the movies that Dan and I and a bunch of friends used to watch during midnight movies at uh, in San Diego mm-hmm. back when um, the Arclight used to have midnight movies every Saturday. Um, and basically, it, they would start off with like a trivia contest of which I always got one of the answers correct. And then um, they would just show this. And it's just a fun movie to watch with an audience because you don't have to really pay a lot of attention to it. Um, cause it's, it's already clear from the beginning, what's kind of happening. You got to go in the computer, you got to beat everybody. And like all the visual effects to, don't really hold up. It's like pretty corny, but when you know how they had to do it, like all the light glowing effects and all, and all the CG and shit, especially the light glowing effects, that's all rotoscoped. People went in and painstakingly by hand, uh, drew all of that. And it's it's like a technical feat of mastery. And it's like kind of amazing. And you know how like it flickers every once in a while? It's because the rotoscoping had a, had a, had a mistake. Mm-hmm. But they kept it because they're like, oh, it's like a glitch in the system. And they would just put like a sound effect over it to make it match. And it's like, oh, so that's a, it's a neat, neat solve. You know, Jeff Bridges is completely charming as usual. Um, the rest of the cast doesn't really keep up with him. Um, but he kind of pulls the movie on its own. And it's like this really convoluted plot where he has to play all of these games and he is he is uh, kind of like, um, what is the word? What is the opposite of vilified? He's glorified, like, uh, glorified as this user. Thank you, Dan, uh, <laughs> who, um, you know, because he's like, oh, he's one of the users. Like, he's basically a god. Yeah. So, like, it's like it's like if like a Greek god came down and decided to play games with, you know, the people. And the movie just ends on a happy note and blah, blah, blah. And uh, it's actually you know, a little it's, confusing it's a fun, because right? the character Tron, who is like a computer program within the computer, uh, he is known to be a, a local hero for fighting for the users. Yes. He's, like that. But he's all, but he's not even the main. He's not the main character. He's actually created by a second character. Uh, who's played by Bruce Boxlight? Yeah, but it's also like um, it's also like you're saying that you're fighting for the masters, and it's like, what's noble about that? No, he's. <laughs> it's more like he's fighting for like the gods. He's like saying, "I fight for Apollo" or something. That's how I interpret. Okay, it, where it's Fair more. Enough. Yeah, it's it's more of like you know, my deity. I believe in my deity. Why don't you believe in? Him? All right, we're gonna have a discus battle. <laughs> yeah, we're, and we're, we're gonna get in this motorcycle that's flat. And he's gonna replace Snake with each other, basically. Oh, shout outs to David yeah. Warner for being a great, like, shitty mid tier villain in that movie. Yeah, yeah, he's he's he's, he's great. He's chewing up the scenery. Yeah, he's great. Uh, then, this you know, is your identity yeah. disc. 
(laughs) (laughs) This is your identity disc. Now throw it at people. (laughs) (laughs) If this is destroyed, you are also destroyed, but also use it as your primary weapon. (laughs) Yeah, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Also, none of this is how computers work, but sure. (laughs) Um, But but it's charming. It's like an 80s main. Imagine this is how much how little the 80s audience understood how computers worked. Right. To the point where this type of like a plot is like, yeah, yeah, I can do that. I can see that. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, it's a it's a fun movie. Um, I was really disappointed in the sequel. um, So because other than the really, really awesome Daft Punk music, um, it just wasn't like fun at all. That's the problem. It took Um, itself way too seriously. Yeah. It wasn't like corny or anything. So when I went to go see this, I saw it like in IMAX and IMAX 3D, which what they did is everything in the real world was was in 3D. And then once like you had the glasses on, but nothing was in 3D. Mm. But then when when they went into the Tron world. That's a cool effect. So it was really fucking weird. When I went to go see it, I was amazingly high and <laughs> it just tripped the shit out of me because because i was like oh i guess the 3d isn't working but i'll just leave them on and then they go into the th- tron world and i was like whoa my god oh my god okay i can appreciate that mind. being an effect that's pretty neat yeah, yeah. and you can and yeah. you can do the the post 3d works mm-hmm. because even though they look like flat figures they're in tron yeah so like you, yeah. you the idea of it being like not true 3d is totally fine because they're in a video game yeah, yeah. I, 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 so there's a lot of problems with the sequel. A lot of problems. <laughs> but uh, some of the like chase sequences were cool, and like some of the action sequences. It's visually were fine. beautiful. That's yeah, true, it's that's visually true. beautiful, uh, except for Clue. Um, he's kind of a mess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Jeff yeah. Bridges is like not allowed to do the Jeff Bridges thing he should have been allowed to do. And also Olivia Wilde's doing her best, but she's being forced to play. There's a great channel called uh, Pop Culture Detective, and he coined this really great term. It's called Born Sexy Yesterday. Oh, yeah. Where it's basically this idea that describes of, it perfectly. Oh, it, yeah. And this like, oh, uh, this is the first man this woman, this, this fantasy woman has ever seen. So she immediately falls in love with him and wants to fuck him, you know, and that's this movie definitely has that problem going for it because it's yeah, like mm-hmm, yeah. she doesn't really do anything other than be amazed that he knows things about the world just stupid um yeah, yeah. It, it does suffer from that and like the this this is a really beautiful music video that's all it is yeah, <laughs> no, that, yeah. that's fair to say this is, a, this is a great daft punk music video yeah uh, yeah in fact like if you just i don't know if this exists but they should make it it should have been a feature in the D- the DVD where you can mute all the dialogue and it's just the soundtrack. Oh, that would actually be really nice. Yeah, that would be cool. And the parts yeah, that cause... don't and the parts that don't have any music, just cut them out. You know, or or they have like just digital Daft Punk. <laughs> they could totally just <laughs> like do an Interstellar five 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 of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet you you can edit a really good. I feel like someone must have done this. Someone must have made some sort of fan cut of this. It must have yeah, happened. Dude. Get Jean Claude to do some VO, dude. <laughs> yourself a good movie, dude. <laughs> Have Jean Claude do another emotional two camera, like yeah, monologue. Dude. Yeah, in the middle. Just, uh, just the audio will lay it over the fucking visuals and the music. It's gonna be beautiful. Um, all right, that was your number two. My number yeah. two is a movie that came out this year. I had, 
I wanted to hate this movie. I hated the trailer. <laughs> I hated everything about this movie. And then I went to go see it. I took my kid to go see it. And I really enjoyed it. I'm talking about Sonic the Hedgehog. I knew it. Nice. <laughs> I've, I've, I've heard people i've heard people be su- pleasantly surprised by this movie yes this movie definitely so there was a controversy with like how it how the sonic looked in the first trailer yeah, he's fucking ugly yeah he he looked <laughs> he was Ooh. very ugly he had some really bad rounds with that stick face first into a wall <laughs> full speed and um it did not it didn't look good it looked like shit um i don't know what the fuck jim carrey was doing in the trailer and I hadn't played Sonic in years, so I didn't know anything, anything that was going on. So I was like, I don't want to see this movie. This is bullshit. And then my kid saw the trailer and he's like, I want to see this movie. So I'm like, ah, I guess we're going to go see it. And then um, went to the theater and it was really funny. And I think I think it was all. If I think it's all uh, what's his name? Schwartz, John Ralphio, the, the um, actor. Um, yeah, Ben, ben Schwartz. Ben. I mm. think I bet you if you if we get down to it, it was all his improv that saved this movie. Oh, you think so? It was all his. I think so. I I know they had to have time. They had a lot of time to redo all the 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 CGI on Sonic. So I'm sure they 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 were able to. to you think it was improv? I, I I haven't seen the movie, I, so I don't know. But. So a lot of it, I guess, is, I understand is written, but there's a lot of funny stuff that I know he's a good writer. Because he's, mm-hmm. he's, he's, I mean, he's got his. Right. He's worked on a ton of like, yeah. like, uh, like college humor shit. Yeah. Like yeah. That, right? yeah. Um, I wouldn't doubt it if he had a lot to do with it. I think, I think it was mostly him that, that, that made this work. Uh, Jim Carrey is pretty good. Like they let him do his thing. Like he's just. That's good. Yeah. Over the top fucking Jim Carrey. So why else would you hire him? Yeah. 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 And he he's really good. He's really good. Uh, I am a big fan of James James Marsden. I am like a huge him that fan. much. I like he's, him. He's fine. I I, don't, I find him inoffensive. I like him in comedies. He I can see that for sure. Yeah, yeah. He plays <laughs> a really good straight man, dumb dumb guy. Yeah, that, yeah. Like- he plays a good straight man and dumb guy. Like he, there's a movie. I want to say it's sugar and spice where he plays the boyfriend of a cheerleader it's it's like a it's like a high school movie this was one what was of it his, called like sugar and spice i want to say i want to say yeah I, yeah there's there yeah, yeah 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 and he's in it and ever since then i'm like why is this guy doing like serious shit he should just be doing funny comedy stuff and yeah. um yeah i i, I love i, really I love it. that he quit westworld to make this movie <laughs> did he really yeah he he quit westworld so he'd have enough time on a schedule to do sonic the hedgehog no wow i didn't know that that's great i mean i I was like you know what man good for you you're he's probably got kids yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. they're like we we're never gonna be watching that fucking show that fucking robot show that you're on um yeah sonic was fun and it was harmless and i it's one of those movies where it totally changed my mind i was like I was I'm glad I went yeah. in hate, trying, wanting to hate this movie and I had a lot of fun and I've seen it again when it came out at home video and it still holds up like I'm like oh, it, it sometimes you watch a movie on a repeat like a, a second viewing you're like oh fuck I shouldn't have seen yeah, it. Like, yeah, it, it, yeah. it was fine the first time but uh, it, it still holds up on the second viewing so I don't mind it it's it's benign it's fine um, 
and when the kid is watching it on repeat, I'm I'm not offended by it. Cool. Awesome. Um, there's other things I'm offended by, but this is not one of them. <laughs> Goddamn Frozen Two. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we finally got to number one. We're doing it. The one final round. Ooh. Dan, what do you have? All right. Well, I guess it's about time to finish him. Um, <laughs> because. Oh, dang. On my number one is, uh, I mean, you called it, Ricardo. You played the music. It's Mortal Kombat. That's my number one. It it deserves the slot. Like, I can't yeah, blame anyone yeah. else who also selects it as number one because it 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 deserves it. Um, it's the de facto best video game adaptation. Yeah, it's also uh, Paul W.S. Anderson's finest work by far. Oh, yes. yeah. Yes. By, by far. far. Uh, <laughs> it's, funny, it's funny how he peaked that early and then he never... <laughs> He never went anywhere. Well, then he got married, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Uh, you know, a lot of lot of directors peak early, and then yeah. Uh, notably, yeah, um, and for anyone who has never seen it, um, go ahead and watch it right now. It's on Netflix. Uh, it is, I mean, yet another fighting game uh, adaptation of like of a fighting game, but it's the best one. Um, I grew up watching this along with Street Fighter 2, the animated movie. Um, and since since I viewed them within the same year, pretty much, and they were such hot rivals in the arcades, and they were both fighting games, and like it, it, they are so intermingled in my mind that I've memorized lines of both. Um, I recite portions of either movie at my siblings regularly. It's... Yeah, it, like it, it's a part of my life. Um, and I think every boy like my and Marvin's age or uh, we either were or knew some asshole who would yell Mortal Kombat just for the hell of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like, you know, that scene in Spaced where they they have that battle, the, the fake. Oh, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels like that where like somebody will yell. Mortal Kombat, and then you'll somebody else will start. Depending on how many people you have, like people start trying to fight with each other too. You can, yeah, and you can get it going, and then like simulating the the fucking. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Get over here. So I mean, if you're not familiar, because for Mortal Kombat is great, has a wonderful cast. Christopher Lambert is your Raiden. Christopher Lambert. Lambert. My bad. Lambert. <laughs> uh, I mean, like he—he's—he's he's great. He's charismatic in the way that he usually is. Gets getting by on that gravelly voice. But um, for me, the real star is Hiroyuki Tagawa. Yeah, uh, yeah. Mr. Shang Tsung. Your soul is mine. He is so charismatically <laughs> slimy. He is such oh, a top tier movie awesome. villain. Yeah. Like he's so evil. Yeah, he's so good. <laughs> Oh man, I love. I just love the shot of him in slow mo. It's because it's ADR because it's slow mode. But then he's pointing at the camera and yelling, "Your soul is mine!" <laughs> and then he says, "You'll be next." Uh, he so this actor I really really fucking like, man. This he is the only part of stupid ass fucking remake of Planet of the Apes that I <laughs> oh. like. Him and him and Tim Roth. Mm-hmm are amazing like they shine through the stupid fucking makeup 
and uh, eh, the makeup is fine. I shouldn't I shouldn't talk shit about it. That's not, not that's not the CGI. that's not the low yeah. point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, but yeah, him him and Tim Roth really kind of like they were way too good for that fucking, fucking Mark movie. Wahlberg. I forgot Mark, yeah. fucking Mark Wahlberg's in this fucking movie. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but Mortal Kombat, a beautiful fighting movie, and I really enjoyed it. I remember because the first one to come out was. Street Fighter, right? Or was it Mortal Kombat? Okay, so Street Fighter, the live action movie starring GCVD. It is first. Yeah, it was that, first. that was 94. And Mortal Kombat was okay, 95. Okay. So, yeah. Okay, okay. In terms of movies, Mortal Kombat, you know, won that war. Oh, of course, because um, uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme turned down the Mortal Kombat movie to be in the Street Fighter oh, movie. Oh, right. They were like, hey, Johnny Who Cage. Who was he going to play? Yeah. Johnny Cage? He was going to be Johnny. Because Johnny Cage was... So he originally turned, wait, did you know, okay, Mortal Kombat was actually originally, the video game was originally made as a vehicle for Jean-Claude Van Damme. It was supposed to star him and the, and the, the Johnny Cage character was supposed to be him. I totally forgot how that's involved he was. That's why Johnny wow. Cage. Yeah. It's, it, that's why it's Johnny Cage, much like Jean-Claude Van Damme. Right. Um, and there's a reason why his then, special move was doing the splits and punching you in the nuts exactly yeah yeah and um he uh he turned it down and then when the movie came around they're like here's another chance and he still turned it down because he wanted to play guile instead uh he missed out on a huge opportunity you know, good old all-american guile played by jean-claude yeah. van damme yeah. yeah he's going yeah. to i mean like it would have bison's ass so hard so hard <laughs> that so the hard. next bison Ooh. wannabe is going to feel it <laughs> Who wants to come home? <laughs> and who wants to go with yeah! me? Yeah! <laughs> I, I, look, I will say this. I will say this, that it was hard to pick Mortal Kombat. Look, I understand <laughs> this is a better movie, but I'm if if we're gonna sit around and it's gonna it, it's a party, we're gonna watch a movie, we gotta put on Street Fighter. Because it's got so many see, goddamn iconic to me, bullshit. But to, but to me, both are great for a party. Yeah, either are, either are great. fantastic yeah. for a party. I, I I won't bemoan anyone who chooses one or the other. It has like a pretty decent cast. Like we we mentioned two of the actors, Christopher Lambert, and <laughs> uh, and it's also got the guy, the chief priest, is played by the guy from American Ninja. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy that trains oh. Joe Armstrong. Uh, oh yeah, right. is in this. That's another little fucking Easter egg that I remember watching and being like, "Oh my god, I know this guy. I've seen him in American Ninja." Um, <laughs> and then so they made how many live action sequels? Two? Was is there? A I third don't one? believe there's right. a third one in this line. Just two. Just, just Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Annihilation. Yeah. I try to rewatch it Oof. a couple years ago, and it's it's crazy. a rough one, man. It is really. Hard. It's like yeah. watching a bad TV show. There were elements of it that I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Like, I wish they could have just done it right. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Like, is wait, does this have Reptile? Or does the other one have uh, Reptile? This is, a rep this is the one. The, the, the sequel. No, 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 no. Reptile isn't in the first. No. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. There, there's, a, there's a little cameo by Reptile. Well, yeah, well, yeah, first, yeah, for the most part of the movie, he's a terrible CG, um, like, chameleon lizard. lizard sort of thing. Yeah, oh, I don't remember that at but all. But then okay. the chameleon lizard gets kind of absorbed into one of those statues in Outworld, and then the tentacles like yeah, wrap around yeah. him, and then he like morphs into reptile, like green suited reptile, and then they have yeah. a fight. Oh, okay, and then you know he turns into a bunch of bugs. 
Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, 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 okay. I remember this now. Am, am I imagining this, or isn't there in the beginning of the movie where when Sonya's chasing um, Kano, isn't Jax? Yes, with her? yes, he is. And then he doesn't get transported, right? Like no, no, no. no. He he's does, just yeah, like a cameo just there. Yeah, yeah and yeah, I think yeah, they recast yeah. him for Annihilation, also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the the original actor died. Oh, I didn't know that. So that's a shame. Yeah, well, bringing it down. There's a lot of turnover for the second movie for various reasons. Jax, because he, the original actor, passed away. Um, they just got killed off Johnny Cage at the beginning of Annihilation because the actor literally didn't want to do the movie. So this is the fastest way to get rid of him. And poor Christopher Uh, Lambert turned into someone else. Got replace. Well, well, and it even both of them were very interesting. So the first one is Christopher Lambert, (laughs) and the sequel (laughs) is James Remar from The Warriors. Yeah, which is a weird fucking choice, and and they're like they're like, should we put a wig on him? And they're like, yeah. <laughs> just cut his yeah. hair, cut his hair. He doesn't want to yeah. wear a wig. He yeah. thinks it's too hot, and he curses a lot. Uh, don't give him a wig. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, um, yeah, he's got short hair in the sequel. It doesn't make any sense. I don't know why. Um, and then I think the uh, best thing about it is that it picks up at. It supposedly picks up at the exact moment the first one left off. Yes. And everyone is different. Yeah, like literally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Well, because the first one ends with that big old cliffhanger, right? Yes. Yeah, where, 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 sh- where Shao Kahn shows up as a giant yeah. in the sky. Played ably by Frank like, Walker. Yeah, Frank Walker. Uh, and he's just yelling at them and they'll they get into a fight stance as if as tiny people they could hey, remember the last <laughs> yeah. words are spoken yeah. by raiden i don't think so i don't think <laughs> that's right that's right it, it's uh, the same ending as in street fighter in the in the street fighter movie that's how it ends oh i don't remember what was the, the ending there's an explosion and then they all get in their their like poses that was, oh, was yeah, the same finale yeah, yeah, yeah. um yeah. man street fighter has there's so many good things about Street Fighter. Look, I I will say one one additional thing about uh, Hiroyuki Tagawa's performance. Uh, he's, he's he's so iconic in the role that they retroactively actually put him back in the game. So for Mortal Kombat 11, when they yeah. bring back the character of Shang Tsung, he's literally played by Hiroyuki Tagawa. Yeah, and uh, the face and voice are him. And now they've released; they're going to release a, a DLC where he is one of the major characters. Uh, yeah, and that's actually another like a uh, parallel that I was drawing between Street Fighter Two, the animated movie, and this movie. It's that this too was a movie that was successful enough to influence the games. Um, notably, mm-hmm, yeah. before the MK11 thing with Hiroyuki, um, Kano uh, became Australian all of a sudden after this movie, which I think is a great move. Yeah. <laughs> Give it up, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and he, and he loves knives, and it's like this is all this all fits yeah, all fine. with this Australian. Yeah, I yeah, this movie um, is a lot of fun. A couple of years ago, I, I did both the, both this and the sequel, and then that's when I was like, I can't get for the sequel. This is not, this is no Mortal Kombat, uh, <laughs> and it's not directed by um, Paul W S Anderson. No, it was, and it was also kind of thrown together really fast. Yeah, um, it, it was it was a disaster. Okay, I'm sorry, but before we leave off of this topic, I have to get this off my chest about this movie. But this is only something for someone like crazy like me who's seen it as many times as I have. Um, you <laughs> know when the the when they first uh, have that like big feast at the beginning of the tournament, and they have that like martial arts demonstration or that like, fatality demonstration, mm-hmm. more like. 
Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. One of the first hooded men who comes out uh, and he makes all these like like really dumb sounding like martial arts noises. There is this part where he does this like series of kicks where he keeps going free. And that fwai is a very specific sound from that movie that I can never ever get out of my head. It comes up in my life constantly. I can't escape. Someone please help. You're fucked. God damn it. There's so many things like that where like it's some sort of weird thing that just hooks to your brain yes. <laughs> and will not let go. Or it also like, I forgot what it's called. Is it the Mandela effect where you think you heard it one way and you're like, that wasn't, that wasn't. Yeah. yeah. What do you mean? They're the Berenstain what... bears. Yep. yep, yep. <laughs> That's one thing. And then also like when you remember quotes, but they're not there, you can't remember where they're oh, from. Sure. Like, yeah. Like, like you've got a Bagul problem. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> that's that's never said it. There's never never no, seen the movie. But that's that. we all remember that. Yeah. Um, yeah. This movie's great. Um it, it it like I said, it was fighting for my number one with Street Fighter. Street Fighter is just it's got one of the best actors in the world. <laughs> Playing an American. Um I, I'm you know what? It's I'm gonna say it. He's He's American. Oh, through and through. He's American um, in our hearts. I agree. Yeah. Um. All right. That I'm gonna count that as my number one as well because it was Marvin. You're gonna you have the last the last say. What is your number one? So, uh, I'm actually gonna end it with the documentary. Um, it's one that oh. you already brought up. Uh, it was between this or Indie Game the movie. Um, but I recommend watching this over Indie Game. Indie Game the movie is good. Um, but it's kind of depressing. Yeah. <laughs> Because indie game the movie, it's because the problem with indie game the movie is that it's like it's really fucking hard to make an indie game, and it's a very thankless job, and it's a lot of time spent by yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's really tough. Uh, but if you want to have a good time instead, uh, go watch The King of Kong: A Fistful of Quarters, yeah. um, yes, which is an yes. excellent documentary in and of itself. For those who don't know, The King of Kong is a documentary about two people fighting to get the best, the, the highest score in the original 1981 release of Donkey Kong. So you have your hero, Steve Wiebe, who's just this, you know, nice guy coming out of Redmond, Washington. Humble man. And, you know, very humble man. He's just a math teacher, um, but he uses his, his math skills and, uh, and general practice and dexterity to set a new score for King of Kong, for Donkey Kong. Enter the villain, uh, Billy Mitchell, piece of shit, a uh, hot sauce salesman, uh, who is uh, one of like the original like American hotshot video game guys. I don't even know what, what it's called, I guess. He just was famous for video games. Um, and uh, uh, through a lot of like crazy political squabbling with the organization that um apparently keeps track of these scores twin galaxies um it turns out like billy mitchell is like the number one donor to twin galaxies uh (laughs) so um for whatever reason billy just keeps magically getting higher scores than steve in uh in donkey kong so the movie kind of just follows this journey of like hey how does 
how, for these incredibly low stakes <laughs> of getting the highest score in Donkey Kong, how how strongly can you politicize this? And it can get absurdly political to the point where like there's subterfuge happening. People are submitting like, you know, just it's like it's like Congress level shit, but over the Donkey Kong score. And the funny the funniest part to me, at least, is that in you know outside of the movie in real life uh someone has beat both of them it's true <laughs> yeah uh so neither of them are the champion anymore it's just some other guy now uh but the movie itself goes through a really great uh um it goes through a lot of the intricacies of of like this culture of like um high scores and video games as well this this general type of culture is probably what's almost certainly what's brought about uh if anyone's familiar with speedrunning um, video games, it's the act yeah, of trying yeah. to beat a game as fast as possible under a given condition. Mm -hmm. So, like, for example, Super Mario 64 is one of the most speedrun games of all time. So you can beat it either with um, any any number of stars, uh, 70 stars or 120 stars, depending on uh, the game conditions. Um, but stuff like that came out of stuff like this, where people were just trying to get the highest scores in video games way back in the day. And it's just a fascinating look at a really, really obscure, weird world where um, it's a lot of people who are over far past their peak. Like Billy Mitchell is just this like fucking sad, like he tries to look super cool with his long hair and beard and his American like American flag tie, etc. But he's just this pathetic hot sauce salesman. And then. uh Steve Wiebe, you know, he's just a normal guy. You know, he's very humble, just wants to have a fair shot at the game, you mm -hmm. know, and you, you just see their you just see their journey. And it's a fa it's a fascinating watch and it's a lot of fun. Yeah, because uh, Billy Mitchell gets to play the villain very well. Yeah, he is a piece of shit. You know, what's really satisfying? Um, uh, watch the movie. It's it's fun to watch this movie now knowing that uh billy mitchell i think at this point pretty much all of his high scores that matter have been disqualified because he's been caught cheating well there you go so nice, nice. so nice. he's a complete piece of shit <laughs> what are your guys's like thoughts on like playing video games are you, are you playing them for fun are you playing them to beat them are you playing them to get 100 percent on them all for fun for at fun. least for okay. me it's for okay. fun i because it's funny hearing different people that play video games and what how they play them is very mm -hmm. different. I don't play a video game to get hundred percent. Like my brother in law like mm -hmm. will do that and mm -hmm. I I can't I can't like fathom like that idea of like I have to get hundred percent and I have to play it in the most hardest. It's like I do it to escape, I do it to have fun, I do it I always want to test the boundaries of the video game. Oh yeah. Um, just like Animal Crossing, I'm cursing up a storm in fucking Animal Crossing. <laughs> every time somebody talks to me and you can respond, I say, fuck you. <laughs> Give me my turnips. <laughs> uh, so I'm always testing the limits of the video games. And um, yeah, so that, that's how I play them. No, that, um, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I, yeah. I tend to like to play games you know, for the fun of it, but I'm also like tend to be interested in games that have like these like these systems that kind of interact with each other and are kind of interesting in that way. Um, so like I, I tend to like a lot of like simulation games. So like, for example, a simulation game I'm super into is a prison architect. Mm -hmm. 
Or basically, oh, okay, okay. yeah, you are you basically build a prison and you try to make like a, a like a a working prison. And my goal is always to make like an ethical prison. So you try to like, you know, well, like, like very, everyone. That's very fucking interesting. See, that's but, what this is. What I was trying to yeah, get yeah, at, definitely. Yeah, but like, 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 like I, tr- I showed Dan this prison. Like, I, it, it's basically they live in like a, a college. You can check campus. it out on Fugitive Games. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, they live in a college campus um, uh, because they have their own apartments. They have classes they go to. Uh, if they want to work, they can. They don't have to. No one's forcing them. Um, they get uh, like you know good meals. Um, and then there's a death row because you know presumably the state the the prison takes place in a, a state or wherever where death row is a thing. But uh, everyone in death row gets to gets a house to live in like their own house by themselves and then i just don't kill anyone i just leave it alone so because you just you have to actually initiate the death uh so you just leave it alone and then you know it's just uh this is that's the type of stuff that really fascinates i also like to play games just to like after i beat it once i like to sometimes play it again just to like look at it analytically just to be like oh like why why is like super mario 64 i'd be like oh why why did they give Mario so many different attack moves? And it's probably like just because it's the first 3D game, you know, they were just trying to figure it out how to like get all these movement options in and stuff. And it's like fun just trying to figure things out by like playing with those systems and like looking at it analytically. Um, I do that with fighting games a lot too, just to be like, oh, why does it work this way? Oh, it's because of this. Blah, blah, yeah, fighting blah, games blah. are very rich for anal- for analysis. That's what I like about video games is that I like testing what you can and can't do and it's very interesting with, with some of the newer video games i played red dead redemption oh in yeah serial killer mode. <laughs> and you showed um, me these pictures yeah. <laughs> beautiful pictures by the way it's fucking road it's fucking road to perdition pictures <laughs> yeah yeah and and um i mean i may cut this part of the episode up. <laughs> but so i was playing the video game in serial killer mode because I had beat it already. Yeah. Oh no no no! It, it was during I no 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 during the game during during the gameplay. I decided like oh I'm gonna play it as a bad guy. I'm gonna be like good. I, I fight for good good but, on the outside, but yeah, at, at like, night. But yeah. well, no, even like even within the game, like I was I was always doing bad things for good mm. reasons. You know, like mm, I would. Okay. So I started like tying up people that were like like the escape convict. You know, he's like, oh, can you help me break out of these shackles? And I just shot his foot off. <laughs> and I'm like, well, the shackles are off, but your foot's gone. Good luck. And <laughs> and another thing I did was I started like killing these assassins in the game. And I, I would just tie them up and go to the field and kill them and then take pictures of them in interesting ways. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, spoiler alert, they, there's this thing where you start finding out that there's a serial killer. In, in oh, the wow. Game, oh, shit. In the story. Uh, have you guys no, I have, played it? I no, I don't know I anything about it. No. Okay, okay. Okay. So uh, I was getting high at the time at night and playing the game. And you slowly there's clues. Like you you you're going under you're going under this bridge and there's bodies are hanging and there's a note that you find. And there's like a serial killer in the game and I was inebriated at the time. So I didn't know if the AI of the game was figuring this out <laughs> and fucking me. Oh, well, what it was? And then so I started I started discovering these fucking clues and going to all these parts of the map and things are unraveling. And I finally get to the fucking like his lair 
it's like this underground like bunker and he's got a fucking camera like me dude <laughs> kindred and spirits I think, kindred I think, spirits god damn it this fucking game knows me and it it, it put this on here and I, and I had to like research it and i was like is this really fucking happening or am i just really really drunk and high <laughs> and <laughs> so i'm fighting this guy and i'm like this guy is fucking me and then i turned him into the fucking police and they blamed him for all my goddamn murders oh um, dang so it, so it, <laughs> worked nice. out but uh for a while there i was really fucking worried that th- this game was fucking i thought for just a um, second that you're damn. gonna go to his hideout in the lair and then you're gonna reach the end of a corridor and it was just a huge mirror and it was, it was <laughs> and then, that would be the monster creepy. at the end of this game was, is you yeah it was uh it was <laughs> yeah. a fight club and like while the game is off <laughs> the get your character is like doing murders well it's funny because like it the game has all these really cool Easter eggs mm-hmm. and that was one of the Easter eggs. So it wasn't really part of the main story. Like, right. It was, you would only encounter it if you happen to be riding around that part of town. And some of the places were like really far off and like, you really had to go out of your way to find them. And I was literally just exploring the map like in its entirety. And I would find all these places. Like I found that I found like a witch's cauldron, like where this cult met. I found some weird shit in the game that I fucking love. That are just these little like Easter eggs that the the um the programmers that made it put into it, and I fucking dig it. That's why I play to find these weird little things and push the boundaries of the game, and uh, see if there's any circulars in the game. <laughs> That's a fascinating story. Well, we got to number one. Do you guys have any honorable mentions you want to throw out there? Things that you guys didn't list. Uh, I had a few, but it's just because we had already talked about them in other um other podcasts to some degree. Uh, Street Fighter USA. We already talked yeah, about actually a little yeah. bit here. I would recommend just YouTube it. Um, the other is Castlevania. Um, we had already talked about it on the the first podcast you and I were talking yeah, about. Mm-hmm, I think yeah. um, it's fine. It's not super great, but if you want to watch something that's horrifically violent, uh, go for it. <laughs> want some like vampire yeah. or vampire slash monster based uh, like action animation? It's it's pretty good for that. Yeah. Dan, any honorable mention? Uh, I'll honorably mention Wreck It Ralph. That's a that's a pretty uh, yeah. great like video game adjacent movie. Um, yeah, that's, totally. uh, you know it has yeah. you know your Disney heart. It has it, it hits all its story beats well. Um, it's got your John C. Yeah. Riley. Uh, he he's charismatic. It's funny that that two of like I would say two of like some of the. Like dirtiest comedians, <laughs> yes. Like John T. Riley can get really sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Sarah uh-huh. Silverman are like the two Disney leads. That yeah. is really great. Yeah, funny. It, that is great. It's amazing. And uh, Sonic um, even has a cameo in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do. That's another movie where you're like, that's just fucking full of cameos, and it's fucking fun, and it's great to, to see that. Um, yeah, and, and thankfully it's a movie that doesn't I, get carried away, so carried away with cameos that that's all the movie is. Um. Yeah, yeah, th- yeah. There's plenty else to the story. Um. Besides. Um. But yeah. It's 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 just a great story that happens to be told through uh, about and through video games as a medium, as opposed to being any specific game. Uh, I'll mention some honorable mention. Um. We'll mention horrible movies. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Because okay. they should be they should be talked about. Um. Street Fighter: The Legend of Chun Li. Oh yeah, with Kristen oh, Crook. That movie's so. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. I have a confession. I watched that movie because I have kind of a crush on Kristen Crook, 
and I watched it. And it's so she's so bad in it. <laughs> like yeah. yeah, it's so bad. But does she remain yeah. cute? Um, and she's always cute. But it's, okay, this fucking right. awful movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, damn it, I had another one and, and I lost it. Um, <laughs> House of the Dead, of course. Well, that's part of all the right, world. Right. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, that's part of his. Uh, so Chung Lee, uh, and then we have um. Uh, I didn't like Assassin's Creed. I did not either. I wasn't a fan. I, I mean, I, I get that they kind of followed a lot of the game. Stuff. To me, it's in the same vein as um, yeah, uh, as a uh, Prince of Persia, where I just like I don't yeah. like this. the same for, yeah. for very similar. Uh, so like, not Warcraft, really into Ubisoft, I guess. Warcraft. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Warcraft. Yeah. yeah. Warcraft was was pretty bad. I tried <sighs> to watch a, it, couldn't get through it. What a shame. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like that's sort of like tanked his career at this point. Yeah, pretty much, right? Like, because like, what is he making now? Like, well, you're talking about the writer director. Yeah, um, yeah. I think he did mute for Netflix, which I think oh, didn't okay. do well either. Um, yeah, Duncan Jones is—he's very talented. Like, yeah, Moon's great. Um, it's just a shame. Yeah, Moon's yeah, so fucking yeah. good. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not good. Max Payne. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh, okay. So Dan and I—we uh, all peed Max Payne on the channel. And then uh, I, I was like, I'll just watch. I'll just watch it a little bit just to see, just to you reacclimate it once he because he mentioned it mm-hmm. once. And I was like, this is so bad. Yeah, it's like, yeah. what style are they going for? Um, Mila Kunis. Okay, here's the thing. She naturally speaks. She speaks Russian in yes. real life, but yeah. like she's like speaking Russian while acting or something. So it sounds so bad in the movie. I don't know what's going on. Like it. It's just such a terrible movie. Like, like Max Payne's reveal shot is him sitting in a room. Like, it's not like a cool reveal. It's just Mark Wahlberg sadly sitting in a chair. <laughs> like, like, hey guys, how's it going? It's, yeah, you guys it's know me. Awful. Um, he, he doesn't do a single shoot. He does one shoot dodge actually in the movie. That's it. Hey man, take that as a treat. Is is his Dragon Ball Z? Uh, oh my god. Uh, was it, was it, I mean was it a video game? Well, I mean no, it's no, no, been, it was, it was, it's a uh, manga turned anime and then it originally into right. several yeah, several several games. Yeah. But if you're talking about Dragon Ball Evolution, yeah. we can just yeah. talk about how the movie's shitty fucking that is. garbage. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, and fucking, I don't remember- fucking Stephen Chow left the movie mid uh, mid pre production because he was like, I don't want my name attached to this movie. Wow, yeah. that is oof. Um, Double Dragon, horrible fucking piece of shit mm-hmm. movie. Um, I tried to rewatch it. It was on Netflix and I could not get through the first five minutes of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a lot to get through, but maybe we'll do an episode where we just talk about all the shitty fucking video game adaptations. Oh, yeah, there, there are <laughs> so many more. But yeah. 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 Um, all right. Uh, before we finish it off, guys, follow Dan and Marvin's uh, YouTube channel, Fugitive Games on YouTube. Fugitive um, Games. There's a link on our website, thefilmpodcast.com. You can find a link. Or just type Fugitive Games on YouTube. It's very fucking easy. Mm-hmm. Um, follow us on Instagram at the Film Podcast. If you get a chance, uh, download, buy, rent this movie, uh, written and directed by our co-host. Uh, it is a night's tour. It is um, kind of a post-apocalyptic film, kind of based on a pandemic, which is kind of weirdly. Uh, uh, applicable to these times, even though it was written much like six years ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you can find it on uh, Google Play, YouTube Movies, 
um, iTunes and Amazon. And uh, yeah, we've been, we've been getting reviews on it, which has been exciting. Check it out if you get a chance. I'll put a link on our website that'll link us directly to the uh, Google um, site where you could buy it. Um, so check it out. Rent it. Buy it. Subscribe. Whatever you got to do. However you got to get it. Just watch it. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Uh, yeah. Until next time. Have a good week. See you guys.